Welcome to the War and Beast podcast, the podcast that says when you don't like what we're serving you, just get out and get attacked by a dinosaur. I'm Greg. I'm Emily. I'm Jordan. I'm Kendall. Uh, this week we have a special guest. That's a that's a pretty unwieldy slogan. <laughs> just some oh. just some constructive <laughs> feedback from an uh, outsider. We have a new slogan every time, so I mean. We, we we have a lot of room to improve, I guess. Okay, yeah, yeah. maybe maybe next week will be better. That's 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 okay. Yeah. I, I get it. <laughs> just comes on our podcast, and just like throwing shade. Please. <laughs> Look, I mean, why would you bring somebody in from outside if you weren't looking for you know some uh, some feedback? <laughs> True enough. Weirdly, yes. not the first guest whose first thing they said to us was an insult. <laughs> no, no, insult is t- is a little a little harsh read on that. Like I'm just it's I'm just saying like criticism. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm. It wasn't bad. I just feel like it could use a little uh, tweaking. <laughs> well, Greg literally comes up with them right before we start. It's pretty funny. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm really glad that Joel didn't get to hear the didn't get to hear the uh, the opening theme song because he he probably would have taken me down a peg. Oh yeah, that's what the other insult was, Casey. Yeah, I remember that now. <laughs> oh man, like somebody came on and insulted your theme song? That feels rude. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think she said like she skips it every time or something. <laughs> now, yeah. okay, I usually skip the theme songs to pretty much any media I consume after like the first time I've I've heard or seen it because. <laughs> Like it doesn't change, and I'm here for the new content. <laughs> and, uh, see, if, if someone came on and made fun of the theme song now, can it wouldn't just be you making fun of it? It'd be me too, since yeah. I offered vocals yeah. for it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I tend to listen or watch through openings because I'm obsessive about that. And I every mean, once yeah. in a while, when they do, because when sometimes when they do a new season, sometimes they change things. And oh, sure, like if it's new, yeah. I'll you know give it a I'll give it a you know, consideration or like, I'll check it out once. But after that, like, I don't need to see it, you know, 20 times. <laughs> I, I love watching the anime. I mean, as long as, long as they're like good openings, as they usually are, anime openings are usually at least decent. I, I watch them before every episode. I like that. Um, but I get that. And uh, we change our opening every season. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, oh, that's, since we're throwing, since we're throwing Casey under the bus, um, 
I do want to also point out our listeners under the bus. I do want to also point out that not. what she said was because because Joel, as as Emily said, we do change. I, I did change the the theme for each season. This was the second season where the trans metals were in were introduced. So instead of playing it on the ukulele, I did sort of a a metal version of the theme song. And uh and oh, what sure. Casey so like, said uh, was it's like um like a like an electric ukulele. Sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly with <laughs> yes, an overdrive ukulele. Um uh but uh but what she said was what she said was oh last season it was fine because it was with the ukulele but this season it's like bad metal. <laughs> <laughs> the, but and, yeah, no, it's it's fine. We, uh, uh, I feel like the bar for metal is pretty low. <laughs> There's a lot of metal out there, and a lot of it is not super high, like high I music. Am, like. I am sure I have mentioned many times my favorite uh, metal apocalypse quote about Nathan Explosion, where he says he doesn't even know what he's saying half the time. He just growls into yes. the mic. <laughs> yeah, my, that, that feels about right. My my yeah. favorite metal apocalypse quote is when they tell. Uh, Murder face that uh, that they just they just uh, edit him out of the mix most of the time because <laughs> it's because it's funny for two reasons because when I played in a band that's definitely what we did with the bass player um, and then the other reason is that there really is in if you listen to uh, the music from Metalocalypse Brendan Spalls is playing the guitar and he's playing the drums there's there's not usually a bass part right. Anyway, we have gone like so far <laughs> off. Like I haven't even told them what episode we're doing. Uh, but yeah, but no, just no. since this since Emily that's, didn't bring I'm this cool. up, we do appreciate uh, that that Casey uh, does the news post and uh, and she's you know she's a good uh, she's a good podcast. She's a friend of the show. Uh, uh, in spite of what the bad boy of po- she also coined the term the bad boy of podcasting, describing me, which I I do I uh, really like that term. So. Yeah. Yeah. Casey's awesome. We love her. Yeah. Um, and I do want to say that one podcast I never skip the theme of is uh, Teenagers of Attitude because Mitch did a freaking bang up job. But that, that is <laughs> that is a banger of a theme. I <laughs> you know what's yeah, funny? So- I actually used to skip the um, the old theme before before they had Mitch's theme. Oh, when we were just playing, oh, crap! What were we even using? Were we just get using the five over? It was just five over eager uh, humans, and oh no, not teenagers! Right? Yeah, that... I liked it, but I liked Mitch's theme more. I, because I mean, I liked it. Was, it was fine. It's just, I, yeah, that I feel like that's the kind of thing you don't really need to hear every week. Especially, yeah. well, <laughs> every week would be fine. I was, I was powering through the episodes. I listened to about twenty episodes in the first two days, so. Yeah, same. So, yeah, speaking of TWA, as, as listeners have probably figured out by now, we've got Joel from TWA and the Did Digital Mindcast. earlier that he's Joel? <laughs> I, no, I think I probably cut him off while he was in. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. If you do listen to the Digital Mindcast, you'd know I have nothing but contempt for intros. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, this week we are we are actually doing a Beast Wars episode for those who missed it last week. Uh, we are doing season three, episode seven, Proving Grounds. Ends with an is it, S. Is it unusual for you to actually do Beast Wars on the show? Like, uh, no, we we had to do a bonus episode to fit in our schedule. You doing this episode? Oh, so right, last... that's right. You went out of your way to accommodate me. Now I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> so last week we did we did the episode Proving Ground. From Star Trek Enterprise. 
<laughs> not proving ground th- from Stargate. Well, this is no, not that one. But now or we're doing the- proving grounds from yes, Beast from Beast Wars. Okay, so. This is just going to become a Proving Ground podcast where you review any episode, <laughs> anything called Proving Ground. That was it's pretty much the bit a of lot that of last content. episode. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. At least uh, three or four books we, can, we could read if we, if we got desperate enough for that. Yeah. I know there's yeah. a bunch of stages and like a billion video games that you could cover. Yeah. <laughs> I almost want to do this now, this Proving Grounds podcast where we cover oh, yeah. Any, isn't, isn't that Proving like a bunch of, like a whole bunch of scenarios in World of Warcraft too? Oh, I'm sure. Like, it's a super generic term that applies to, like, everything. (laughs) But yes, so, Kendall, do do you have anything for IMDb this week? I got nothing. What's on the TF (laughs) wiki? IMDb has been failing us lately. Yeah, I think it's too much information like we did about Gonzo and the Unicorn Trilogy. But anyway. Everybody (laughs) missed us talking about Transformer boobs. They've all they've all stopped. They've ev- everybody who edits IMDb has they started at the beginning of the series and they've stopped watching by now. <laughs> um, Same. So from the TF wiki, we uh, none of the animation technical errors are really interesting, except it points out that uh, Black Arachnid Cyber Venom this time is blue instead of uh, the usual dark pur- purple they've used before. And they mentioned a couple of continuity errors where previous episodes established that the Predacon shell program was something installed onto a stasis pod activated through the DNA scanner. This mm. episode depicts the shell program as a physical object implanted within black arachnia. Yeah, that was that was kind of weird, but sure. I, I'm willing to give them what the slide <laughs> because of the fact that they're going to eventually be trying to remove it and... It's a lot more engaging and exciting if they're actually physically doing something and not just typing on a computer. No, like, I mean, we've seen what yeah. hacking in this world looks like, and it could have been pretty cool, actually, because there's like there's a scene where Tiger John hacks into a into a into the network on the on the dark side. And he like goes into this like, you know, Johnny Mnemonic. I can't pronounce mnemonic. that word. Mnemonic. <laughs> mnemonic. You need some sort of device to help you remember. <laughs> Call that Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's it's like that. And and that would have been pretty cool if we had like they could even have like Silverbolt like go into her head and like fight with her against her like inner Predacon thing. That would have been kinda cool. But yeah, they went with the physical thing instead. Uh, it also mentions Dinobot's displays enhanced healing in this episode, allowing him to shrug off in- incapacitating damage in a matter of seconds. You'd think this ability would have come in handy in the previous two-parter after he was repeatedly defeated by Cheetor. My <laughs> argument my argument is that I think that he didn't realize that he could, because for one thing, he was unconscious. And so when, for another thing, they still kind of are kind of playing fast and loose with the ma- the ma- magical, you know, in quotes, abilities of uh, Transmetal 2 forms. Well, that's the thing. Is like, is that from his the spark being part rampage or is it from his trans yeah, too because it looked a lot like so, it looked a lot like that green energy thing from yeah Cheetor from last Cheetor. the whole yeah. thing with transmetal 2 is that it's sort of like an overcharged thing right i it i think it's really like, hard to i can they, they definitely I do could, a lot to keep it vague right i could buy an argument that like it's transmetal 2 is kind of an unstable form and like it you can kind of mutate abilities over time 
That's actually a pretty good idea. Like, actually, given, it's funny. given the whole given the whole way like Cheetor became Transmetal Two, for instance, oh, like yeah, like that yeah. wasn't just a bam transformation. And he's done. Like it was a like a process. Mm-hmm. And funnily enough, his we, body I don't went think... through changes. <laughs> right and right and much like much like when our bodies go through changes, those don't happen all at once. There's wow. definitely a period in which uh, some significant things change, but like it, after a while, you're still cooking. <laughs> Well, I I, <laughs> I certainly remember that time that I had that green, you know, oozy thing coming out and, you know, flipping things around and, you know, making me catch them, that sort of stuff back when I was a teenager. You know, I don't know about anybody else, but uh, my parent, my parents caught that early and had me see a doctor. So nah. <laughs> I had much more coordination when I was a teenager than I do now. So I don't know what <laughs> what's going on. I was going to make a joke about mine was. X color, but no, it would be green if I had one, so I couldn't. <laughs> uh, we have some uh, continuity notes here where it talks about how, like all the other Earthborn Predacons except Quickstrike, Black Arachnia derived her personality and allegiance from Tarantula Shell Program. Uh, yep. Silverbolt brings up Rattrap's rivalry slash friendship with the original Dinobot, and there's mentioning of Black Arachnia having the codes to the arcs that she gained off the, she gained off the golden disc from. Uh, coming on the Fusers Part Two, uh, and it also mentions how that uh, in it, it's not explicitly stated, but the alliance that Black Arachnia tries to broker might, uh, like she says, her comments about him being save the art might suggest that she uh, hopes to use him to gain some transmittal powers of her own. Yeah, I'm Ooh. pretty sure that's what she was trying to do. Basically, exploit it, exploit him. Man, it's weird how. When you when you have an actually good show, like they carry through like elements of plot that have been built up through previous episodes and, yeah. and imply things with their characters based on your understanding of those characters without having to explicitly spell stuff out. Yeah, it's kind of strange how that happens. <laughs> and then it points out gadgets and powers because uh, to keep track of, including how Dinobot's left eye has a telescopic function. Uh, he also carries around an illusion generating machine. Which I don't Which think looks we see. like a turret from Portal. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think we see it after this episode. Probably not. They do that a lot of times. Because Silverbolt took it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, because Silverbolt had it, and then Dinobot gets. I mean, we'll get to it, obviously, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. then all he had to do was be in the CR ch- chamber, and then he would get a new one. Ah, uh, true. That's, that's true. Well, that if, is if, how... if it's. If it, if Unless it's part of his that, body, yeah. What yeah. if he built that afterwards? Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't think it's yeah. part of his body. I think it's the device he was using. Yeah. Well, then he would have to build it again. Look, this is Dinobot. It's not Scorponok. <laughs> Does Rattrap still have his like arm things where he can make stuff? Which you, there's a word for it, but I can't think of it. He has his room of requirement arms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't what I was thinking. I was thinking the Star Trek thing, but sure. <laughs> oh, a replicator. Yeah, yeah, he's got replicators, replicators in his arms. I mean, they don't call them that, but he pulls shit out of his arms all the time in season one. I don't know if he does that anymore because he's got a new body. I don't he remember. Does, he, if does. he does. He does. Okay. Good, I was going to say, man, that would suck if you get this like upgraded body and you lose something like that. Like that's some advantage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm um, pretty sure he did it in the. Um, he, I feel like he used it in the uh, the episode with uh, Ravage. Okay. Sure. Yes, he does. Yeah, because he throws sticky bombs and they attach to Tarantulas' hands. Yeah, yeah, that, that that, and he was transmetal too at that point, so he definitely has. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, skill. cool. Um, 
Let's see, after getting blasted by Lacarachnia, Dinobelt heals off the damage, as we were talking about earlier. Uh, this is accompanied by a purple glow emanating from a spark, much like Cheater's own supernatural power abilities back in Feral Scream Part 2. Mm-hmm. And then it also, in addition to all the other things he can do with his left eye, Dinobot can fire a paralyzing beam. Yeah, I think that's the only time that we see him use that, too. <laughs> yeah. It also mentions two real references, and both of them involve games Rap Track was playing. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. The video game Rat Trap plays has some aspects modeled after Street Fighter. Optimus Primal tosses a projectile similar to Ryo's Hodoken and performs a spinning kick similar to Ryo's Tatsumaki Senpakuyuk. Oh, damn it, I almost had it. Thank you. Yes. I figured he was just playing Forge to Fight. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what Did that game care? looks like? <laughs> Uh, it has it better looks a little bit better. A little bit more. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, it's it, this, this was literally CGI 20 years ago. I game. mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> uh, the two characters in the game are multicolored Megatron, Transmetal Body, and Optimus Primal using the body of pre-Beast Mode Megatron from Beast Wars Part 1, the very first episode. Mm. Uh, the next game Ratchet plays is a first-person shooter a la Wolfenstein 3D and Doom. It consists yeah, of like blast. A- Old blasting wool PC yeah. game. Uh, it uh, consists of blasting many waspinators. I liked how all of them made that sound whenever you blew them up. Too. What year did this come out in? Because I feel like there wasn't much more advanced. I don't. Than... Yeah, I don't know that. Uh, the air it, date. It was is... definitely before like the modern style of PC shooter. Like a maybe Goldeneye was out, but even then, like I don't know. Like oh, Goldeneye was just a console version of like the PC shooters of the age, because that movement is <laughs> like yeah. not analog. Yeah. I would say it was probably, I would say it probably took some inspiration from doom. Yeah. For sure, like, I would say. Oh yeah. It's, it's definitely it's, doom. Yeah. Yeah. The air date says it was uh, shown in 1999. So it had to be at least paid in general, like of uh, in that, in that time period. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe it's based off of marathon. I mean, I'm sure it was based off of Doom because it's probably a game that the people making this game were super for well, so, TV show. I mean, there were a bit, there were a billion first-person shooters that looked exactly like that in that. Right. I mean, there's a reason era. they were called Doom clones for yeah. the longest time. Yeah. yeah I, mean, uh-huh. I mean, Doom. I, I yeah. do like that he's shooting waspinators. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if and... you're gonna have a generic grunt in your uh-huh. shooter game, what? Who else would you use? Oh yeah. <laughs> also, like Rat Trap totally made these games himself, right? Like, he's just playing <laughs> games he, he coded. I can see but that. Then why, yeah. then why was he so so bummed when he couldn't get to the next level? I think like it sounded like he was trying so hard. I think tarantulas. I mean, coded. yeah, he made them. That doesn't mean he's good at them. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think that I is think a thing. I think tarantulas made them. I think he's got a secret because <laughs> like Rat Trap, Rat Trap, he programmed all his like poker card games. He probably swapped with swaps with Tarantulas on their yeah. Gretrap and Tarantulas oh, so probably are on one of those like software swapping message boards. They don't even know that's who each other are because they have such <laughs> screen names. Oh no, I could I could believe that they absolutely know who each other are, and just like for this, like it's a shared interest, so they're perfectly willing to ignore the like how much yeah, they hate yeah. each other otherwise. Rattrap won't do it for the for the actual member of his team, but he'll do it for uh, the 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 known enemy. So they can I'm his their brother games. in code. I mean, Rattrap <laughs> is Rattrap is uh, extremely racist, so it does kind of make sense that he would be doing a lot of stuff online. <laughs> <laughs> cool. 
Anyway. Uh, we finally have one last trivia bit, which I mentioned earlier before, where judging by the scan, Black Arachnia seems to have a full set of reproductive organs. Really mainframe entertainment? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's it got is, some it ovaries. Is weird. It's weird from the x-ray that they just... Now, that's an assumption you're making from a human-centric yeah. well, point of view. Exactly. And that's exactly like I mean, yeah, it, it is. It is an assumption. It's just those that, could be absolutely anything, and just by coincidence. <laughs> yeah, they're just ovary shaped things in her pelvic region. Yeah, right. I was going to say the the shape and and placement of them does it just uh, will cause uh, some people to make that assumption. Like, or what if those are electro silk sacs that she uses to like produce that like energy webbing stuff that she uses. Oh, that's possible. See, that's that's better explanation. Also, See, I it's mean, good that we have you here, Joel. It's a I convenient mean, explanation to avoid <laughs> the I, shittiness. I, look, look, I could not have made it through most of 100 episodes of Power Rangers if I wasn't able to bullshit my way through some nonsense. <laughs> look, look, she's got boobs, though. So, like... So, like... I mean, that... That is probably aesthetic. That's just, Some yeah, people just aesthetic. Just want boobs, and that's cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe she want. I'm. Yeah. I'm not. No. I'm not. I'm. I'm just saying. Maybe she also wanted ovaries. Or maybe I mean, tarantulas I, wanted her to have ovaries. Yeah. Hey, I mean, that's no ovaries. Don't are. even get into that. Tarantulas no, wanted like, her to no, have ovaries. No. 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 Let's let's Jesus. back this up a sec. <laughs> Why would she know what ovaries are to even want them? Well, well, they have this. Time, they they, they have coming up. I was going to say, at this point in time, they do, they do, they have had uh, contact with both humans and other races, so they at least know their the concept of how, of uh, sexual reproduction in some species. So if, so if like at least you know, not even counting humans, if another if another uh, space fearing race that they ran into had had something similar, they at least would have the idea. Yeah, I By guess way, I, could, I guess I could see biological sex being a sort of a like a um, trans. Uh, trans robotic kink of sorts, the way like robot stuff is kind of a transhumanist kink for us. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. You know, um, I Greg, Greg doesn't want me to repeat this, but I do oh think no. I do think the uh, tarantulist wanted her to have ovaries is a good argument because when tarantulist designed her, like it was me who was crying about oh, yeah. that. Oh, Tra- oh tarantulist <laughs> is a fucking creepo, so I could completely yeah. buy that. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't want to think about it. Um, but like. I, I, I like it, Jordan talking about like they, they come across other species and like oh they and all the biological stuff and then Jordan saying like oh yeah I can see them like wanting to emulate them that's like the whole reason in a recent uh, issue of Transformers that's like that ex- yeah. that's like how gender became a thing yeah in like Transformers where there's, there's like trans Transformers characters because they they came across like species with with gender and like stuff like that and they're like hey that's cool I want to try you know being a girl and i think that's an interesting um bit of lore from that comment. i thought it was handled pretty well too we talked about it before last i think mean, a few weeks ago yeah no that's yeah. i mean that's it's yeah, that's cool hey tran- any transformers are listening you want to be a girl you can just be a girl that's cool yeah you can be a girl exactly um so if that's the end of a trivia joel what's yes. your history with transformers <laughs> um so i never like i was aware of like the original Transformers as like a thing, but like I was a baby when that shit was on, so like I didn't really know much about it. Gee, Joel, um, way to make me feel old. 
<laughs> yeah, like, so, like, Beast Wars came out in, what, 96? Are you the youngest person on this podcast? How old are you, Joel? I, I might be. I'm 29. Oh, wait, no, we're the same age then. Yeah, you're, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, Emily, me, like a, and you are all 29. Uh, Jordan's, uh, let me see if I remember this right. Jordan's 34, and Greg is 83. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right for what I know of everyone, yeah. I was just considering, because, like, you said we were a baby, and, like, I was a baby when they initially... Got air too, obviously, because they're the like, same age. But they did re-air them a lot, so I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just it wasn't really something that was super accessible for me. And like, <laughs> there was definitely a period after like the cartoon ended where like they weren't putting out a lot of toys. And like, before Beast Wars came out, like there was kind of a lull for Transformers shit. They had the tr- yeah. the Generation Two, but that was war. Just adding some CGI graphics onto the Gen One cartoon, right? If, if I remember correctly, that wasn't super well received. No, no, it was not. But yeah, so anyway, I was like eight when Beast Wars came out, which is the perfect age for watching like a CG cartoon that's selling you toys. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> and like ended up being lucky that it was also just an actually good show that was compelling to keep coming back to week after yeah. week. Um. Well, and that's the thing, too, because a lot of people with Gen 1 were like, oh, it's just one big toy commercial, which, honestly, yeah, it was. It did make a pretty kick-ass movie in yeah, 86. No, like, but... gl- like, toy commercials are fucking cool. Like, yeah. I have very vivid memories of some awesome toy commercials, like actual just ads from when I was a kid. Like, there's nothing wrong with a good toy commercial. Oh, no. great. I uh, like um I remember when they advertised the new uh Undertale figures they totally drew from like those 90s commercials. Oh yeah, so they good nailed that again. aesthetic. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, so I like I watched the show when it was originally airing and like loved it. Like I was mm-hmm. super into it. Um didn't really like get a lot of toys as a kid, so the only actual Transformers toys I had were a Super, super simplistic uh, depth charge that I got in a Happy Meal toy. <laughs> nice. And a Transformer that never appeared on the show. I can't remember what its name was, but it was a squid. Oh. Interesting. Uh, it was actually a pretty cool design. It like, does I, sound cool. <laughs> I really like that. I'm sure I still have it somewhere. If it wasn't for oh, the fact that, it, that you said it was a squid, I would first suggest Octopunch. But... Yeah, no. But there, there's... There, the, but that is, there is an actual, there's, there are a very more like squid like version. They made a yeah, ton of Beast Wars toys off. for like animals that never appeared on the show. And like, I know some of them appeared in like the comics and like the like follow up series that only I think aired in Japan. But like, I was kind of disappointed that it wasn't in the show. One, because it meant my toy was less cool. And yeah. two, because I really liked that design and think it would have been, would have been neat. Um. Oh wait, no, that's 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 a whole lot of code. That's not what I wanted to do. <laughs> um, I appreciate that you're that this. I'm assuming image was uh, is in character for the show, but I'm not actually. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, got, I got I got the actual image up now. That's not a huge amount of code. Is that the toy you had, Joel? Um, it is taking forever to load for me. Uh, yeah, that's him. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty I, I, cool. He's. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool because, like, in, in squid form, he has these pinchers, you know, like like a mouth pincher or whatever. And then in robot form, that's in his chest. And so his chest just has these claws that can come out and grab you. <laughs> nice. So, um, um, yeah, I that's... Quick, I did a quick search on the TF Wiki for just squid. 
and the first top the top uh like result the was yeah. was the Squid Sisters. <laughs> Cuz they did that uh, that spot fest, remember? Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah. that was I just shared artwork of the character too. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 rad and I hope they used him in something at some point cuz that's a good design. <laughs> but yeah, sure. that's that was pretty much it for me. Like some of my friends had cooler better toys. Like my best friend had the um like dragon form Megatron <laughs> that like $100 massive <laughs> thing and I hated him for it. Uh but Pretty sure, yeah, pretty sure I, we went over the MSRP on these things, and the, the high-end ones <laughs> yeah, that was were not a hundred dollars. No, <laughs> like, oh, no, absolutely not. But like, from like, it was absurdly expensive for a you know ten-year-old right, right perspective. Yeah, yeah. But just to put um, things in perspective, Joel, uh, twenty dollars—that's what the—that's <laughs> how much they went for. This harkens all the way back to our episode zero. <laughs> Well, I was trying to figure out how much Megatron and Optimus was, because I said they were something like seventy dollars, and they were more like forty or something. No, we they found were twenty. Out. They were twenty. Yeah, Optimus and I think they were more than twenty. No, weren't they? they were. They were twenty. Really? Maybe it was twenty American. Twenty American dollars. Yes. Yeah. Okay. See, that's what I'm, that's what the difference is there. I think it was around like thirty bucks. something. We, I, I knew we it was went, above twenty. We definitely here. went over this. <laughs> so, so uh, I stuck around. I stuck around with the show through uh, Beast Machines. Did not like Beast Machines, but I I stuck with it because I mean there wasn't a whole lot else to watch. You're a trooper, Joel. Um, <laughs> I I basically begrudgingly watched it, hoping it might get good at some point. Um, and after that, like I didn't even want the toys for that because I don't really like the visual design even of the show. Mm. But after uh, after that, like they went back to vehicle-based Transformers stuff after that, and I'm like, oh, screw this. This isn't interesting to me. This isn't the this isn't the Transformers I know. Monkey, not truck. Yes, <laughs> yes. So, I agree. I agree with you, right. Joel. Right, so that was kind of where my relationship with the show ended until, um, I mean, years later when the show came out on DVD. I'm like, oh, man, I remember that show. I should check that out again, see if it was any good. And, yeah, it was. It held up great. And then a few years ago, they started releasing the uh, Generations toy line, uh, which included some of the Beast Wars uh, stuff. So I bought pretty much every one of those they released, including the shark that I don't know where it comes from or why they made it. <laughs> like a couple, a few years back, they one of the Generations toys they had was this Beast Wars shark Predacon that is oh. absolutely not from anything I'm familiar with. Um, what's his name? Is what's it his supposed name? to be the Sharkicon? No. Um, oh, it I was think... definitely... It was definitely advertised as a Beast Wars figure. Uh, it was a shark Beast Wars, wasn't there? It just wasn't on the show at all. But Yeah, it might have been with Beast Wars 2. I wouldn't be surprised. But, like, it just seemed weird to me that, like, they released that as a Generations toy and not something literally anybody knows. It wasn't yeah, Cyber yeah. Shark, was it? Uh, might have been. That sounds familiar. Okay. Um, I don't know. He's, he's cool and all, like... He's easily the biggest one of the um, Beast Wars uh, generation stuff that they released. He's got like a his tail like becomes like a spinning. Oh, Skybite, yeah, yeah. Skybite was uh, he first got introduced in um, uh, Transformers: Robots in Disguise. That was the one that came out right after Beast Machines, if I remember correctly. Yeah, because that that one I still had like Predacons in it. They still yeah. had the animal one. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I don't know he's neat. Um. And, uh, yeah, then the, you know, 
generation stuff started moving on to other themes that were more boring and not Beast Wars, which bothered me because they hadn't released a lot of my favorite characters. Yeah. But fortunately, they uh, the third party scene seems to be picking up the slack on that pretty handily. Yeah, although it's really pricey. Uh, that's not an issue for me. <laughs> lucky. Yeah, as we know with um I've spent way, I mean I have lucky. I mean it should be an issue with me. I've spent way too much money on fucking like high-end collectibles for shit. But yeah, I'm uh super excited for the Dinobot. Um that does look really good. There's a <laughs> uh there's a um comic shop in my city that uh also has a bunch of like old ass toys like still in the package old toys nice. like the 80s and 90s and stuff and like for a while they had a uh dinobot there and i was tempted to buy it but it was like 80 dollars for an original like original like 1990s beast wars figure and like those things are not good enough quality to be worth that much money mm. yeah yeah like yeah. i get it it's third it's an in-package like original toy that no longer is made for a collector it's absolutely worth that mm-hmm. much but, like i'm not that kind of collector I I feel like you could get it. I've been I've been looking at at stuff like that on eBay lately and that sounds pretty pretty pricey unless the unless the Dinobot figure was not as well produced as as some of the other ones. Oh, I like, have no idea if that's even a competitive price on right. the like on the online market, but like for in a specialty right. store, like I don't begrudge them. Yeah. And, like, clearly it was enough because it's not there anymore. Somebody bought it. And, you know, I keep forgetting that you're, like, the eBay champion on TWA now, so. <laughs> well, I, uh, yeah, I've, I've been looking, yeah, because I kind of want a Rhinox. And uh, I you can get them for not ungodly expensive. So I the, uh, the Generations Rhinox is pretty good from a, like, visual design standpoint, but the it's nearly impossible for me to keep him posed. For some reason, the like ball joints on his legs are ridiculously loose. I and heard that, that is a really that. top. That is a really top heavy figure. Yeah. Well, he's got Joel, a lot of shit stacked up. Joel, up what you have to understand is I don't like high end. I like low end action figures. So, um, so like I, I per, so I want the I want the original from the nineties. I mean, okay, in that case, I could probably three D print you a Rhinox. It won't transform. It'll be as low end as it gets. It'll have like one moving part, and that'll be because I broke something. My, <laughs> my best, my best friend actually just got a three, just got a three D printer. If you just want to, if you just want to like get the specs for it, I'm sure. He yeah, yeah, I'll just, me. I'll, I'll, I'll work up a three D model like the uh, recipe sheet thing for him and send that over. <laughs> <laughs> just like make it like like a model sheet, like a Gundam build, and then uh, like like a like a gunpla, and then like you know build it from that. I'm sure it could work. Oh, you are nice. vastly overestimating my skills at like. <laughs> oh, I'm saying you could do it, but you know someone could. <laughs> so, and, yeah. and you're probably happy because we've spent like the past 20 minutes or so just bullshitting at the start of this yeah, episode. Yeah. We haven't I even like talked it. about the episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, I, is, I, that is the uh, that is what you get when you bring me on a show. <laughs> I, I, I do want to mention too, but off air we talked about it a little bit. Joel, how do you feel about the trans metals? Like. We, we talk yeah, about okay. the show a lot, actually. So right. It, it, um, I was gonna I was so, gonna find an excuse to mention it during the episode at some point, anyway. So yeah, we might as well just go into it. Um, <laughs> I I think transmetals are really cool for their like alternate modes. Like 
they there's some they make for some pretty cool looking robots and like Optimus Primal Transmetal form has a fucking surf air surf sword. <laughs> it, it turns into Funky Kong. That's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> but I've been trying to explain that to the Totally Spies crew. <laughs> yeah, funny. I actually just listened to that episode yesterday. <laughs> that was fun. Um, it's yeah, no. So like from those for that perspective, it's great. But the problem for me is they no longer look like animals in their animal forms, and mm-hmm. that is like the whole cool thing about Beast Wars is that they're Normal ass for the, like, visuals of this show, at least. Animals that turn into robots that still have some, like, elements of their animal forms on them. And, like, getting rid of that whole conceit so they're just, like, weird, slightly animal-shaped robots is way less interesting to me. Mm. Right, I mean, in that, that, uh, I I totally agree. I mean, I think there's some good designs in the... In the trans metals, but I agree with that. I mean, my one of my issues with the plot lines in the later series is that they don't, or in the later stories is that they don't uh, take advantage of the animal forms. Like, I mean, you know, in the early episode where Cheetor tries to have a conversation with uh, with the cheetahs, and where yeah. Tigatron has a has a relationship with an actual tiger in the first season. Yeah, that was that was a really cool element. I I liked it. It was I think it was them trying to preserve the robots in disguise sort of element of the original show where like they were trying to blend in with the local population. And they used that conceit of the inner John to protect them and stuff like that. So they actually gave a good reason. Right. Yeah, that was that was a neat element that I understand why they went away from it later in the show, especially as it got like the plot got heavier and they didn't need so many plot conceits for adding tension. I guess, I guess actually if you if if you take take that into effect, I guess when I was thinking about like the comics don't always necessarily show the Transformers in their all forms either. Like it's more of just giant robots fighting, talking and stuff like that. Right. And, um, I feel like I feel like with a lot so, of the, the way the comics are plotted that the alt forms aren't super necessary. Yeah, that's what that's what I mean. Like so I although I do like I do like the way they employ it in some of the video games, like in the uh, like oh, yeah. for Cybertron and whatnot, <laughs> where the vehicle modes are more for just increased mobility. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like I need to go faster. I'm going to turn into a fucking truck. Like that's actually, cool. Actually, it's cool that you mentioned it, Joel, because in the Forge to Fight game, uh, you have special moves, and like the ultimate special move you have incorporates the alt form of the character. So it'll, yeah, it'll transform do some sort of special move with the alt form and then transform back and finish the special move. But it's, it's pretty cool to see. That was, see though, I, uh, but it's have you seen a little, little, you, you go first, Joel. Sorry. Yeah, it, it's been a little while since I've watched the first season of the show, but I get, I feel like there were some fights where they'd like mess around with transforming between the modes a bit. Like I yes. seem to remember a little them bit, using yeah. some like, some like, you know, tooth and claw fighting at times to time. And like I really oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, I, hear, I really yeah. like that too as like an option of just I'm gonna change into this different mode just as a like fighting strategy, not because it's necessary, but just to like have different types of attacks and kind of throw my opponent off a bit. Yeah. Like, and it makes for much more interesting fights visually. I know that if Cheetor wanted to run faster, whatever his current mode he was in, he would go to the other one. So if he was <laughs> if he was a ti- if he was a cheetah if he was a tiger, if he was a cheetah and he wanted to run faster, he'd change into a robot. If he was a robot and he wanted to run faster, he'd change into a cheetah. Yeah, I, I, 
I rationalize that by saying when he transforms, he gets some sort of momentum surge. Yep, yep. that's that was that was our explanation as well. Well, I mean, the particular one I remember I had was that like he's running away from an explosion and he feels like he's not going to be able to overrun it, so he transforms in a robot form to, to have more defense. Is what I said, but yeah, yeah. So I what I was going to mention was just that uh, while most of the most of the robots in Forge to Fight do alt mode stuff like that, like. Uh, Soundwave doesn't, but then he uses uh, laser beak and and ravage and like injecting yeah. them from his so to do like a whole thing. But then there's uh, Motormaster, which I find his his ultimate is absolutely hilarious because uh, he's he's basically a semi like Optimus Prime, except you know the Decepticon Stunticon kind of thing. Yeah, he shoots some kind of uh, blast that causes a whirlwind to occur. And he just and like so the enemies caught up it's spinning around in the world and he just jumps into it, grabs them, and headbutts them to the ground. And it's for some reason that gives him momentum that sends him slightly up, and he just automatically transforms into a semi and drops on him like a rock. Yeah, and yeah. that's his special. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> pretty freaking good. Yeah. Stuff like that in the um in like the the platinum games Transformers game uh, Transformers Devastation where like you can you can do a, a slam on the enemies by turning into your car form and you have like car parts of combos that are really cool and yeah i always like that about the games like you said earlier about transforming into vehicles to try to facilitate extra movement or maybe some kind of attack it's really cool yeah so the episode starts out <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we well, wait, we're supposed to watch yeah. an episode for this i thought we we're just gonna bs about transformers for a while oh the episode yeah, start- I mean. it starts out with them scanning black arachne right Yes. Yeah. Yep. We get the the opening credits, and we have uh, Black Arachnia, both her spider form and her, her robot form, getting scanned. And this is where we see the uh, the infamous uh, Robo ovaries. I shall refer to them as Robo ovaries. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> see, it's a good thing we have you here, Joel, to be able to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring up yeah it would have been a shame if that if nobody had <laughs> heard that word. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we, we then pan out and we get, we sort of zoom out on her face and she, she's like, Oh, is my inside as gorgeous as my outside? <laughs> to which, uh, Ratchet was like, huh, don't flatter yourself egg legs. So they, there's still a bit of animosity there, of course, uh, which is sort of the theme for this episode, I suppose you could say. And Cheetor is still uh, sporting a very big crush on her. Also, he's so creepy I here. Like mine's fondling yeah, no, breasts. Yes. Yeah, Cheetor is no one. No one uh, does not see this. Like, there's there's no one blind to this this crush. Yeah, yeah. So, like Cheetor is like, also like very active on the internet. Apparently, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like well, like last episode, like. And Black Rackney kind of compliments his new form, and she means it in like a way that, like, you know, it, I could get some cool abilities if I had that kind of a form. And he takes it as like, "Oh, I'm hot now." Well, um, right, but also well, Black like he, whole like manner of talking it comes across as very flirty too, like just yeah. in general. And so he Chidor's, okay. like literally a, te- a horny teen, so <laughs> I can see where I can see where the misunderstanding happened. But yeah, he's, so he's usually egged on. So now he just says like the most like ridiculous thing. Like she she says to him like, uh, "Just go back here in the subtitles." He's like, "Now those are what I call lines." Well, well right. she and says, then he does though, this nasty groping move. Yeah, his, his, his fucking 
and his hands are moving. Why? It's Why? very bad, and I don't like it. Like Cheetor, I I love you. You were my favorite character, but please stop. Yeah, and the lines that are so hot is apparently uh, one more comment like that, and it'll be a rat on a stick for lunch. And she was like, mm, "Yeah, vor." <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Like we learned a lot about proclivities <laughs> in this episode. Let me just say, oh, well, it's more cheater because he wasn't trying to be horny, and he's just like, yeah, it's hot. Let's 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 kill those and eat rat. Nice yeah. Doesn't he? I mean, say, he, he says he, those are such let's, nice let's lines. Fair. He's a, let's be fair. <laughs> he's a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Look, one yeah, of the first well, things he said he he said to to Rat Trap in the first episode was to uh, be Mises to pieces. That's true. <laughs> he was going to kill Rat Trap for a slight. <laughs> so, yes, um, she she makes mention of uh, somebody get him a kitty treat before he drools all over your computer. <laughs> and, of course, Rhinox is having none of it. And he tells him all to knock it off. He's like, we're almost finished. And he winds up finding what he was looking for, which is a shell program. Uh, installed into her abdomen. Not sure why it's a physical thing, but as it was alluded to earlier, we need something there. So, because it would be too easy otherwise. So this is the source of her decepticonness. I guess you could say her predaconness. Yes. Yeah. Um, It's the whole maximal predacon thing being so like explicitly like encoded in your like makeup or whatever is kind of weird and kind of you think about it on some of the other things that has happened like ramp rampage for example wasn't exactly coded as anything right you know? it's but it's of course, one of those things where like it works for certain story beats but if you think about it too hard it kind of all well yeah i mean dinobot yeah. in the first season does yeah. like you know there's never a thing where it's like Oh, you're supposed to be a maximal, but you're got you know, he just he just was like he, he's just able right. to also sides. and as like, this as this and like the continuing black arachnia plot for the um for this season kind of delves into it's not a like good evil switch like it's more of just her personality at this point. Well, it's even it's not even that like it's not like her personality significantly well, changes yeah. when she eventually becomes yeah, a maximal point. like it's. And, like, the fact that she's a Predacon right now isn't, like, really preventing her from fighting for the Maximals and, like, yeah, no, falling yeah. in Things. love with the, like, goodest good boy ever. Like, <laughs> now, Joel, Joel, don't forget, don't forget, Silverbolt once was a Predacon. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, so, like, it's super, like, it's... It is, it is, it is kind of a weird point, and, and it does seem like that they more wanted to bring it up for the basically to create episodes like this kind of thing than to actually make it make right. sense. Like if you accept it just as a as a story compri- contrivance to make a metaphor for like the nature versus nurture kind of argument over what makes a person a person and like if a if being bad is something that you're just is just innate with you or if it's you know, something that you have control over and all that stuff, which I feel like it works. Like they tell some decent stories around that subject with it. Like I can accept that, but it as an actual like thing to try and like write a series Bible through it. I don't feel yeah. it works. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. I just, and like, 
Go ahead. Oh, sorry, Ken. No, I was gonna. I was gonna say something obnoxious. You go ahead. <laughs> I, I was gonna say the only thing that's like I think you said before. Like I wanted to chime in was um like it's not really keeping her from being part of a team right now. In fact, the only thing keeping her from being part of a team is the racism and sexism. Like, yeah, if they were just yeah, nice exactly. to her. If they were just nice to her, this, the whole thing or wouldn't have not happened. Even, not even mm-hmm. nice to her, just like not See? discussing like very <laughs> personal things about her and, identity without her. <laughs> See, I think the the odd thing is is that I, it, to me, uh, especially like now, the only two uh, Maximals that are giving her a hard time are kind of Rat Trap and, and Cheetor. For different yeah, reasons, right. but they're For now. Her- but as we'll see in a minute, um, Optimus and uh, Rhinox getting pretty fucking patriarchal. Well, yeah. the thing is, and when we get to it, I want to I want to point that out. I think that's supposed to be kind of one of those classic misunderstandings because of the way they even I said think, it. That's I think that's how the show wants you to yeah. wants you to see it. But quite frankly, watching this, my immediate thought was, yeah, that's <laughs> just like fucking men, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, I do want to point out that, that the racism has gotten so egregious with with uh, Black Arachnia that Emily is the one that brought it up on this episode. I, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a very I'm, big theme in this episode, you know. Like, boy, I Joel, racism you, towards Black Arachnia is certainly a concept <laughs> that I don't feel 100 percent comfortable. Now, Joel, well, Joel, the reason that that is that that is an ironic thing, or or an ex- example of why it is important, because you don't listen to the show, uh, I say that everything is racist, mm. and so the fact that someone besides me brought up the that people were being racist towards towards Black Arachnia uh, shows that it has gotten to a point in this in this story arc that uh, that it has gotten extremely egregious. Yeah, I guess I don't know. If, I don't know if like factions translate one hundred percent to like ethnicity yeah, or race. It's, it's but more I prejudices, right? I get what you mean. It's definitely bigotry in in a form of some sort. Well, because the show awesome. doesn't want to decide whether it's a it, the show can't decide, like we said earlier, whether it's a, a nature or nature thing. So like itself can't decide whether it's a racism or a classism or a factionism issue. I feel like, like there's probably elements of all of that involved. Yeah. Well, like I'm just... sure on some level, I'm sure on some level, like Rat Trap thinks, "Oh, she's a bug, and the bugs are all evil, so therefore, yeah. can't trust her." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we did Francis establish tried that to eat, uh, Cheetor too. Don't forget. So that. Yeah. Yeah. Cheetor. So... Cheetor adds adds a whole other like layer of bad into this. Well, yeah. With, Cheetor, oh. For Cheetor's problem is that she's a woman who doesn't like him. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> asshole. Yep, he is he exactly. Is. He's he's po- he's posting on incel about this. <laughs> I'm nice to her, and she's like, which doesn't care at all. Like, what the hell? Nice like, I'm always complimenting plus. her body. Like, she should, she should be grateful <laughs> for that. Uh, oh my god, Greg, do we you are want to not even five again? minutes into this episode. <laughs> But yes, um, I was as was alluded to earlier. Um, so after all of the awkward discussion goes on, uh, basically Rhinox says that they can go. He starts talk. They start leaving. Although Rat Trap and Black Arachnia get into a bit more arguing, and she you know starts to throttle him a little bit. <laughs> Chudor manages to save him, and then he's held at gunpoint and. 
Sam. Yeah, she was trying to look, like, hey, he's just making a joke, and she's like, fuck off. <laughs> Black, yeah, Black like that, is basically like, like only I'm a joke getting sick of this. never a valid excuse for um, saying yeah, something yeah. shitty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I feel like Rat Trap just kind of needs to be strangled once in a while to like, <laughs> remind him how much of a shit he can be. <laughs> oh, like, I definitely like Rat season Trap as character. Was, like, was bad. I, I enjoy him, but he, I could not work with him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wasn't one of our early episodes called like Rat Trap is an asshole or something? Our like very that? first yeah. episode, in fact, episode. was the episode that said Rat Trap is an asshole. I mean, yeah. you know he's an asshole because they gave him a Bronx accent. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's from Space New York. Apologies to listeners in the Bronx. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying I think I think that like Bronx people are all assholes. I'm just saying. Media certainly does. Media, yeah, I get, yeah. <laughs> so Optus manages to just step in before uh, things get too far out of hand, and he sends Cheetor to go relieve Silverbolt of his patrol, and that rat trap can just go. Basically, he basically gives Cheetor a timeout. Yeah. Um. And so as Rat Trap and Cheetor are leaving, it's like, huh, Predacons, who needs them? Cheetor's like, not me. God, how dare she not be receptive to our racism and sexism? What the fuck? (laughs) There's our break song, I guess. We have a break, even. (laughs) Um, So, Black Arachnia sort of sneaks back into the lab to listen in on Optimus and. Rhinox as they're talking. Uh, Optimus basically questions Rhinox as to whether or not the the shell program that was installed within her to make her Predacon can be removed. Um, Rhinox is like, it, it's tricky and dangerous, and it could dump her entire core and leave her blank. So, so there's... Oh, this sorry, is basically like if you went in to the doctor to have some like weird growth looked at or something... And the doctor, you know, takes some biopsies or whatever, and it's like, okay, you're free to go. And then turns to your father, like you're a grown woman. And then he he takes your father aside and goes over the results with him after you've left. That's basically what's happening here. Pretty much. Yeah. This is a good conversation for them to have, but they should be having it with the person who it actually affects. Yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely, and that's what causes the rift. Is that she assumes that they're just gonna, because like they're not talking to her about it, like she assumes that they're just gonna force it upon her, and she bolts. Right, like I, like like we mentioned a bit ago, like the, um, I get the feeling that the show is trying to present this as this is a big misunderstanding. Black Arachnia doesn't understand how Maximals operate. But I'm totally on Black Arachnia's side with this. Like, this is not a respectful way to handle this. No, I mean, like, uh, oh, I, the way I didn't say Optimus... the misunderstanding's warranted. I just said that the show tries to present it as a misunderstanding. Right? No, yeah, absolutely. I'm just, I'm just saying. I think the show <laughs> failed on that part. Oh yeah. <laughs> like Optimus says, like, um, well, yeah. Uh, uh, after he asks, after he asks uh, what the alternative is, and and it's basically she'll remain a Predacon forever. And yeah, and he Optimus goes like, well, like line, we can't take that chance right now yeah. let's go find her and that makes to her she's she's thinking like they're gonna come find me and force us on me but he probably means let's go find her and ask her 
Right, yeah, talk yeah, to her about this. Yeah, but they should have just had her in the room to begin with. Yeah, yeah this yeah, shouldn't have been something they discussed amongst themselves and then decided to go to her way. Yeah, like, that's kind of fucked up. up. And of course, yeah. they left the wording ambiguous to play into how the rest of the episode right. goes. Well, yeah, to add dramatic tension, sure. Yes. I yeah. mean, the whole, like, we can't say... take this chance right now might even be Optimus referring to, we can't take the chance that she'll die from it. Like, we don't right. really yeah, know. See, and that's, that's, and that because of... with what we know of Optimus. Optimus, like, yeah. yeah. But I, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like they were two thirds of the way to a good thing here with this. Um, and they it just didn't, plenty. they just didn't do, do enough with it to drive it home, which is the idea that, like, the Maximals are the good guys. And yeah, they're all about, like, you know, respect and autonomy and like you know giving you control of your own life and all that but they take the you know being the good guys things so seriously to the point where they almost go overboard with it and end up being a little i mean i I used the word earlier i don't like to throw it around too much but a little patriarchal with it and like i i think it would have been interesting to explore that as like a flaw of like trying to be good but missing the nuance of it and like i'm i'm a fan of like flawed good guys and like Op- optimus as a leader definitely has some flaws and i just kind of wish they'd uh you know be a little more overt with that like i think that could have been a really poignant thing where like optimus realizes oh crap yeah we should this misunderstanding was kind of our fault mm-hmm. yeah it all, it all kind of yeah. like no one none of the people in the like neither optimus or rhinox get any blame for the misunderstanding it's all like kind of like oh, you should have listened type thing to Black Arachnia. Like, I kind of feel like the ending of it's like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a little different I, than the episode that I liked that you guys didn't like where everyone was terrible. Because in the episode where a few weeks ago when everyone was terrible, even though nobody actually learned a lesson, I felt like they were, it was a little bit more overt that all the characters were being terrible. Like that That was the intention of the writers. Yeah. Uh, what, episode, what episode was that? That was the one where they escorted the kids back, wasn't it? Right. Yes. 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 Yeah. And I, I was going to say, like, just not not to say that they sh- shouldn't have, like, shouldn't have done, like, a you know, someone calling out Optimus. Like, maybe you shouldn't have, like, been talking about behind closed doors, uh, kind of thing. Uh, I will point out that both Black Arachnia and uh, <laughs> and Silverbolt were pretty beat up at that point. And they might have just... And we just skipped, like, the whole episode and got to the end. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just saying, at the end, we're at a situation where they couldn't exactly sit down and have a roundtable discussion. No, so, sure, I sure, mean, no, it's just, I feel like, yeah. I feel like the onus is, is I think the onus is on the episode to have structured itself in a way that it could have made that point. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Like, obviously, some things would have had to be a little different for that to happen, but I feel like it was a, it was a drop ball on their part to yeah, tell, like, slightly, so to tell say, a slightly yeah. better story. Exactly. When you say stuff like, oh, well, they didn't really have a chance to talk about it. Well, yes, sure. But the episode was written by a person that could plan the whole thing before putting it to print kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so what happens after the opening credits? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we're at the point after their conversation and yes. Black Arachnia caught. Yeah. Black Arachnia just left the base. Yeah. She, she managed, she somehow dug a hole, I guess. Cause she, nobody's she, unzipping this girl's core. She yeah. Says. And so she makes her great escape under the ground and pushes a big rock aside and sneaks I, I away. Think, uh, black Black Widows definitely are like I'm pretty sure they can tunnel. Mm. I 
I'm not familiar with them. At the very, at the very least, they like to like lurk around under like debris and stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We had a black widow in our house like last week, and it was not fun. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm really glad I don't live in a place where we get those. Like occasionally, there's brown recluse, but even those aren't very common. Brown recluse are way scarier to me than black widows, (laughs) but yes. I feel like you're less likely to find a brown recluse in your house. Usually, that's like outside somewhere. Sure, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm glad that we don't have either where I am or scorpions. Scorpions freak me out the most. So scorpions bad too. Yeah. We have I don't ants. like bugs that can fuck you up. Yeah. Bugs are so scary. many of them. <laughs> hey, Joel, you, you were just in Australia where like every bug tries to fuck you up. Oh, so. I went to I went to a freaking spider exhibit when I was there at the <laughs> museum in Sydney. I remember a, that. Yeah. On spiders, a whole bunch of live specimens and stuff. It was cool. I remember some someone once posted how like the three like the four seasons in Australia are like hot, more hot. Oh God, it's so hot the spiders are moving indoors to escape the heat. <laughs> and and then and then like winter. I'd I'd forget yeah. what the fourth one was, but that's I mean winter is basically akin to early fall here. It was really nice. Mm. Oh, that sounds nice. Mm. So yeah, she manages to make a getaway. And lo and behold, she is being stalked by another other than Dinobot Two. Uh, Dinobot II, thank you very oh, much. Oh yes, <laughs> Dinobot Dinobot I or E, perhaps. Dinobot E. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he says that the game is afoot and starts following along behind. Uh, even when he's half ravaged, he's still a fucking literary nerd. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's the cl- right. it's the it's the Dinobot cells that they used. Oh right. yeah, yeah, that's just that's just baked right in that DNA. Yeah, <laughs> got Shakespeare like baked right in there. Actually, is this is this before or after his spark gets merged with the original Dinobots? Uh, uh, when this... does that canonically happen, according to that... like? I don't um, just let's, I don't think it's happened yet. And Kendall just won't no, spoiled about it's, that. <laughs> well, the, the thing it, we we do actually we did talk about it. It was a a unproduced episode. Right. Yeah. It was from, yeah. It was from a. It was yeah. from an episode that was written but never released. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. If I remember correctly, might have fallen either directly before or directly after this episode because it was shortly after Dinobot comes back that he does it. Right. Hopefully it so would I be think- after because then maybe that means that they'll have made this character recognizable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Dinobot Two is character. kind of a mess visually. Yeah, I I actually don't mind him visually. Which, I I'm, no, I'm I I I actually like that he's kind of a mess because it really fits the sort of Frankensteinian origin. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, I, I love I love his robot design for sure. He's a monster. He's a monster that should not be and. His mm-hmm. his design reflects that. Yeah, I I like his design just fine. I just Dinobot's an interesting character. It's lame that he died, uh, and uh, and bringing him oh, back as so kind good, of a though. Well, that's your opinion. Um, <laughs> Kendall was not overly taken with that particular episode. Uh, there were uh, reasons, but uh, but most importantly, like bringing him back. Like if they're gonna bring him back, bring him back well and at least so far he's yeah he's very i guess it hadn't occurred to me that he's half ravaged but like he's just sort of feral and 
I don't know. I like the He's old not the same character better. at all. Well, that was that was I mean that's specifically the that's specifically what they're doing though. They didn't bring Dinobot back. Megatron tried to create a new Dinobot that was not like the original because uh-huh. the original betrayed him and was a good person. Yeah, yeah, I know. I just it would have been better if it was different. I mean, yeah, like I mean, your your reaction is not unreasonable because like this is basically a I mean, I said Frankensteinian earlier, and Frankenstein's kind of a zombie, like a different interpretation of them than normal. But like, this is basically a zombie story where like you bring back a, a somebody, but from the dead, but they're wrong and different now. Yeah, and like you probably should feel somewhat off put by that. Yeah, I mean, and, buried and him in the pet cemetery. It's not the worst. It's far from the worst thing that's happened in this series. But uh, it's just uh, you know, I got to be negative. It's my role. Sure. <laughs> no, that's no, and that's fair. Like I don't, I don't think it's an unreasonable read at all. So yes, um, we, our scene has shifted now to a uh, forested area. There's this pond that Black Arachne is now looking into. Some absurdly reflective water. Yeah, warpy reflective water. water. Yeah, like <laughs> this looks more like mercury than water. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the type of water that you would have seen Neo sticking his fingers into in the first Matrix movie sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, this is this is demo to show off your new, like, Radeon Fire whatever graphics this, card. This, this is making me think of something, too, is um, when I was on Digital Moncast, I said, like, I don't know if it's because I've watched Beast Wars, but I don't think these CG animations in the Digivolutions are that bad. And you're like, it's definitely because you watch Beast Wars. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about the visuals now coming back to it after a while? I mean, I feel like the... I feel like they... I feel like in this show, Mainframe did a good job of doing it of doing an aesthetic and design that works with the very limited visuals that they're capable of producing mm-hmm. as opposed okay. to reboot, which I think looks God awful. <laughs> um, but like, I mean, it's still very mid nineties. Low it budget. Is, but I think, I think it aged pretty well. That's, that's generally what the, what the rest of the podcast agrees on too. So I, I, I would say it aged better than almost any other example of something like this from that era. Like yeah, anything of like Pixar did not age as well as this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head though. It's an aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, all- no. And that's, and that's, that's the same way for um like any old school graphics, like the game, like so many super Nintendo games still look fucking amazing today because they designed everything to work within the 16 bit sprite framework that they had. Whereas, yeah. A lot of early 3D games, I feel, aged horribly because they were trying to pr- push the envelope for what they could do with incredibly limited hardware. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the games that look amazing from PS1 still are ones that utilized it to, like, look good. Like, um, in, like, a Breath of Fire series, having used, like, 2D sprites on 3D backgrounds, that looks really cool. Right. Or, like, the super, super low-poly, like, designs that were specifically meant to be non, like, low-poly and more, like, abstract representations of something than actually yeah. trying to look like a recognizable... Or, thing. like, in Mega Man Legends, where it went, like, super cartoony textures and right. blocky characters, so that game looks... Um, that game looks great. Like, I fucking... Mega Man Legends is a great, still a great-looking game. I'm Right, absolutely. Now. I will say I will say this particular episode of Beast Wars, um, and it's probably because or because or in spite of or whatever, uh, Black Arachnia going out 
into this weird jungly area. I think the backgrounds in this don't look as good as they do in some ep- in some episodes. And I suspect it's because they did get, you know, a new graphics card and so they wanted to do as much with it as they could. And then, and then it just didn't, you know, they didn't know how to use it quite as well. I mean, I honestly miss the, I, I miss the, the early season one look of just everything's a desolate (laughs) wasteland. But yeah, I mean, I will say that that departure is probably one of the reasons for some of these backgrounds, maybe not being as compelling is it takes a lot more money to create a fucking CGI forest. So they yeah, probably I, I made this asset as cheaply as they could and then like tried to reuse it when possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say that this is the best looking forest we've seen though, because like we've had like forest areas in previous episodes that have not looked as good as this. See, I, I feel I, like. It may be that there are, I don't disagree that there are episodes that will look worse. I think there are definitely forests that have not been as distractingly bad as this. Uh, I thought I, I just I, okay. I, I don't get it because I think this looks fine, but sure. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, maybe I watched it on too big of a TV, but like, like I remember, like I was just I noticed it in this episode. Uh, if I think back to even like season one, like the like the uh, the episode where Tigatron decides to be anti-war. And, uh, and, oh, and I remember that episode. He yeah, he's in a forested by, area towards the end there. He, yeah, he gets confronted by, by Dinobot. I don't remember that being like distractingly bad. It was more, more. It was also super dark. Yeah, maybe that. Yeah, I mean, that's a thing too, but like more like sort, it felt more like in the, in the style. I think that's the other thing is this, this whole season has kind of been, I mean, you can tell that their technology is a year later than the, season before and the season before that and so they're they're just i don't know i'm yeah no no, i i think i think what you mean in that last part point like i definitely like there's a definite feel where you can tell the difference between the background and the and the like character models like Mm -hmm. they do feel like they were produced in different software because they probably were yeah like this is the same black arachnia model they were using in season one oh yeah i would say they've I feel like they've like upped it a little bit. Like the, the shot that I'm looking at right now, like her claw is very shiny and it's oh, a well, lot sir, of texture. They, they would have had to have ported it to whatever version of the software they're using now. So yeah, that makes sense. But like I, it was still designed in an earlier version. I don't know. I can I can definitely see uh like I get kind of the same effect as you get from a like video game where you can see the interactable objects versus the background mm-hmm, objects. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. There's uh, even so, one hey, moment when she's walking so, and it doesn't look like she's moving the same speed as her legs would have her be moving. Oh yeah, that happens in old 3D stuff a lot. <laughs> even some newer uh, 3D stuff, i.e. the first season of Ruby had a lot of really awkward walking scenes. I'm sorry, yeah, Gordon, what so were you going to say? Walking is yeah. difficult. Um, <laughs> I imagine animating it is difficult as well. I was quiet for the last couple of bits because I was actually trying to uh, find a little bit more information of when uh, the episode that was ma- that was suggested that like we were talking about is called Dark Glass, and uh. it and from what it looks like, it was literally supposed to be right after this episode. Ah, uh, that would explain uh, it then. Yeah, but they went with the next episode, go with the flow instead. Yes, I remember now. Yeah, so 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 there you go. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, this is this is this is a chase scene in the forest. There's some- 
kind of neat yep. action. Yeah, we <laughs> well, get first. We get a yeah, Black Rack, yeah, like t- almost killing a butterfly. <laughs> oh yeah. right, yeah. I, I I was letting things play through that, and I forgot we hadn't talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> I do like how she was able to just pick the uh, butterfly out of the air with the tips of her claws without actually killing it. Yeah, that's, that's some good. Like, yeah, I've, that's, I've done that's, some like controls design before, and like making a finger with that precise um, control over the grip strength is not—it's not trivial. No. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I guess a good way to imagine is like somehow using chopsticks to grab a fly out of the air and not kill the fly. Right. Yeah, because those things are sharp too. Like her points yeah. are just like they have to be just barely touching it to not like puncture it. Yeah. Well, you didn't see that she accidentally kind of sort of touched one of the wings and it messed up the balance. And so now that. Oh, yeah, that thing's going to die anyway. Life. Sure. But. <laughs> <laughs> so. I mean, and then it'll cause a ripple effect and everything will be just changed well, now. I mean, it's a yeah. butterfly. It was only going to live a couple more days anyway. Well, she just caused an earthquake in Japan. So. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the one of the things that happens over the course of the scene is she's sort of reflecting Wahaha, bit of a pun because you know she's looking into the water um oh, i don't get it <laughs> um but she's reflecting on the whole situation about how she she's got this every bad girl's dream guy with silver bolt <laughs> i love that uh, line so much i thought that was cute <laughs> yeah but, but his maximal buddies would rather slag her than let her be who she is She's like, so I guess this gig's over. I mean, that's a, that's a classic. That's a classic struggle, right? Like, I I love my boyfriend, but I don't get along with his friends. And yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I I love Mike, but I hate all of you. And I still like, right. around. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, <laughs> and then Silverbolt comes up to her. He's like, if you want to be my lover, gotta get with my friends. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't put it that bluntly, but he kind of does. <laughs> that is kind of his stance. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't see the Spice Girls, but that's what he does. Yeah. Um, so just as she's about to to kill this butterfly, uh, she then sees Dinobot's tail in the background. She's like, oh, that's a much bigger thing to kill. That would be a lot more fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. exactly. She's like, some, something better to take her frustration out on. Yeah. So we then get him running off, and she's doing her her best uh, gymnastics work in the trees. And she thinks, yeah, she thinks that she's caught up to him, and he, as it turns out, is yeah. Okay, so I want to, yeah, I want to, I want to get into the scene a little deeper, just because I like the visuals of it. So she's she's been running above him in the trees like he's just running on the ground because he's a fucking raptor how's he gonna get into trees <laughs> yeah. um, and she's like jumping from tree to tree following him and then she like loses sight of him or something yeah. she comes to sort of a clearing and like jumps down onto the ground and is looking around trying to find him <laughs> and I love when Dinobot comes around the corner he's like yeah that's what I was leading up to he looks he grins and then he does this little like clacking his claws thing it's great yeah like I got when she jumped into the clearing. I got the thought that she kind of thought he was going to be through there, so she pulled ahead to. Yeah, she wanted to. She wanted to cut him off. Yeah, right. But but uh, but when he does that clacking, it's like, haha! I fooled you. I knew you were going to do that. (laughs) Right, and And then he just and then instead of attacking her, he just runs off. (laughs) Which is, but she like correctly uh, surmises. Oh, you're toying with me. Okay. I'm down with this. Yeah, she's like, oh, I'm no. beginning to like you, Skullface. See, that's so. one of the things that I miss that they didn't 
like the toy was much more bone colored than than this. And I yeah. think that was an aesthetic that was a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would really that's... fit with what they're trying to go for, but it's the transmetal issue again of it's too robot-y. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the the scene progresses as he runs off, he loses sight of her, and she sort of flips the table on the whole thing where yeah, she's she above a him. Samurai move where she's like he like looks up and she's standing in this tree and like the sun is behind her and it kind of glints and then she jumps off. Yeah. And he's like, oh, so now she's stalking me. Interesting. So, yeah, it's a cool like little... He gets a leaf on his nose, too, and he's like... Rah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it lassos him. Yeah, she, she, he's about to walk off, and she lassos him with her webbing. So here he is, hanging upside down. By his tail. It's great. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I thought you were, you know, thought you'd last a bit longer. How boring. And then and, instead of like gloating like villains normally do, she just straight up shoots him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he, no, surprisingly no enough, uh, has been doing his ab crunches because he manages to pull himself up and then cut his way free, land on his feet, and then transform and immediately shoot at her. So I'm curious, since her webbing is like electric kind of electro whatever like Mm. does it prevent him from transforming because i feel like the easiest way to get out of that would just be to go into like robot form his tail doesn't move that much actually transform so i don't think it would help that much the situation the other times that we've seen any of the the cast get caught up in webbing they're unable to transform um even going back to like season one and i think that's because it's when they actually tend to make a web array kind of thing yeah instead of just a single strand I think mm-hmm. when they do that, they purposely make it a draining effect that does keep them in uh that does keep them from transforming. Yeah. Like uh even in that episode where Tarantulas had uh Cheetor like strung up and stuff like that, he purposely said that he was basically using it to drain drain and keep him in in, in his in his alt form. Yeah. So to to sort of stew him in his own juices, I believe Not is Cheetor, the sort of term yeah. they alluded to. I mean to. that is that is how spiders tend to eat, yeah. 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 Now Cheetor is really in his alt form. Uh. <laughs> yeah, Cheetor does stop at Hot Topic now. <laughs> so he and Zach would get along pretty great then, wouldn't they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, share, they share a kink, so. <laughs> I'm so, sorry, Zach. Like, comparing your sexual proclivities to Cheetor's is unfair. <laughs> it's true. Zach is, is much more polite. <laughs> so and, yeah, they uh, yeah. they sort of go back and forth a little bit. Um there's a bit of an exchange between them where uh, I'm trying to remember the exact way I'm trying to find it here because he uh oh yeah, he's like you waste my time with your maximal tricks. Go back to your web coward and she yeah, gets Black a walks like, away again. Yeah, he just walks Black, away yeah. from her. Like <laughs> is like I don't mind being called a coward, but how dare you call me a Max? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we we then cut back to the maximal base, and this is where we've got Rat Trap playing the the Street Fighter esque game. It's so weird to see Optimus in this proto form. It's weird. Yeah. Um, Rat Trap's having a pretty fun time, and then we get Silverbolt who who shows up, and he's like. I can't find Black Arachnia anywhere. And so he shuts off the game to run a scan and Rat Trap's like, oh, I almost beat the level. <laughs> he like puts his face down on the console and is beating his hand on it. And he's like, ah. 
He's really upset. Yeah. Well, he's got a hundred percent it with with the unlockable uh, character of um, of Protoform Optimus. Right. <laughs> You know, and it probably didn't have autosave either, so he probably has to go back through that and unlock the character again. Yeah, and apparently these things don't have pausing and alt-tabbing like modern computers. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's obvious because when uh, Optimus c- comes up when he's playing the the Waspinator Doom clone, he has to stop it right there and then. He can't alt-tab out of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, like, multi-threading wasn't really much of a thing in 1996. Nah. Nope. <laughs> so... Silverbolt uh, runs a scan of the perimeter for Black Arachnia, and it's able to locate her. And he realizes that she's headed towards Predacon grounds. And he's like, but, but why? And Rattrap's like, well, it's kind of obvious, ain't it? And he's like, I'll tell Optimus. And Silverbolt's like, no. And puts his hand on his shoulder, and Rattrap's like, I'm getting hands off the metal, sir. Drools a lot. I'm not in the mood. So we, we get a bit of a... You know, Silverbolt being a little overbearingly protective, I guess. That's kind of his core character. Trait. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he is the paladin in every possible sense mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Yeah. that like that role. Um, so he he manages to apologize to Rattrap, but then sort of begs him to give him a chance to, to bring her back. Rattrap's like, oh, she's a, it's like a pred is a pred. Like, just smarten up about that. He's like, perhaps, but she is my responsibility. And, like, the Here's only the thing. reason, again, that she isn't working with you and being, like, all shady is because you're an asshole. <laughs> also, like, here's the thing with Rat Trap and a Pred is a Pred. Season one, absolutely. Season two, even, I can buy it. But considering his relationship with Dinobot by the end of Dinobot's arc, like, he knows for a fact that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't know. Like, I I would have liked to see them kind of develop this a little bit more. That the main reason he was always that he was extremely harsh on uh, Black Rackin. What wasn't because the whole pred is a pred thing is that he didn't want to have have to go through the same thing with Dinobot, where like that she, would have been interesting. Yeah, where like yeah. she basically does turn tail, and then because of. Uh, fully believing in the max you know maximal codons that she sacrifices herself and he has to say goodbye to another friend yeah right yeah that would have been a much that would have been a much that better take been on it I yeah think. it would have been we don't get that <laughs> yeah it would have been i don't know it's cool. just it's just, just it i would have liked to see more character growth for rat trap i guess and they do yeah. mention dinobot here it's how, that's how he convinces rat trap is he's like what about the old dinobot and rat trap's like well i you know i screwed up sometimes there too but Okay, like that kind of thing. At least he wasn't like, you know, I used to be a Predacon. <laughs> yeah, that was that was ridiculous when he kept mentioning that season two. He probably oh. only said it like twice, but I'd bring it up always. I mean, honestly, <laughs> twice is too many times. <laughs> like, that's not far off from the oh, I have a gay friend as a oh yeah, totally something like fuck, man. Oh yeah, I totally made I totally made out with a dude once. I understand gay culture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh my, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so like Silverbolt <laughs> flies off, literally flies yeah. off. He's still in the base, but he transforms and flies yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. Well, Red Trap like- says, "I'll give you a mega cycle." And he's like, "We'll be back in plenty of time," and goes and flies God, off. Stupid fucking units of time. 
<laughs> Mega psycho. <laughs> we talked about this a lot. It's really funny. It's really <laughs> dumb. Yep. Yeah, it is. Come <laughs> I love your reaction. Yep, yep. Yes, it is. Plus, I just think it's really funny that like this is all stuff that we've like talked about before, but like because Joel wasn't on, he's just like he, he didn't listen to the episodes. He just I, I like that we have the same reaction. It's good. It's good. That there are universal complaints. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so we cut back to the forest, and we've got Black Arachnia in her spider form. Uh, and then immediately transforms back into robot form as she falls from a tree and she's sort of trying to, you know, stalk Dinobot a bit. Uh, yeah, Dinobot's like spying on her and from her body language, it almost seems like she knows he's spying on her and is just kind of like posing. Yeah. She's she's acting, she's acting nonchalant in the way that you only do if you're intentionally acting nonchalant. Yeah. They're both now, very stealthy characters at times, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Now, we do see Dinobot pull a device from his back. A device uh, he stole from Aperture Labs, as was pointed out earlier. <laughs> like, this is a very horrible aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, as we come back to Black Arachnia... Wait, she... doesn't he ask his computer like time till he reached yes. the jamming zone before we got back. Yeah, yeah he does. He does. Okay. And it's like a nano click. Yeah. Which don't clicks yeah. are usually kilometers, right? Yeah. So yeah. And the way we use them. Yeah. A nano, of <laughs> but... a, a nano of a kilometer is like really short. Well, yeah. okay. So it's a nano of a kilometer, which means it would be a micrometer. Yeah. That's very, con- very small. Text- Based on the context of how he's saying it, he's talking about time, though, not distance. I know. See, I... Uh, Well, I mean, no, he says... Doesn't he just say, like, how long until she reaches... Until she Right, how long would it be time? I I don't know. I I got the the long of a distance. I I I mean, that would be how far... Well, well, I when mean, they refer to clicks, and if, if like, okay, like, listen, if I asked you like how long to this town, and you were like two miles, I'd be like, no, I, I don't think that's what I'd mean. Yeah, I don't that think doesn't I'd... really help me because that's not, not what I was asking. I know <laughs> how long it is. I, I I know how far it is. It's not how long it takes to drive there. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a bit confusing because, yeah, I like I've heard kilometers referred to as clicks. So it's almost like he said he asks how long, and it gives him a, a unit of measurement of distance rather than time. Look, just this is just a parsec debate. <laughs> I I just I just want to say like we mentioned I, the reason I bring that I brought it up is is that you know we talk about how their their units of time make no sense. If this is a unit of distance, then it does make sense. She's just about to cross the I line. Mean- yeah, like, it means she's literally on the line because a micrometer is, like, nothing. Right, right. Yeah. So she probably <laughs> knows right where the, right where the, where the line is. No, and so right. She's and that does make, and that line. does make sense that, because she's, like, she's just kind of hanging out there. Like, she's probably hanging out at the border on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And Dinobot uh, says, now the, now we play for real. So. And then he activate he activates his little device and it makes a projector noise. I just want to point out that they fully yes. in a projector sound. Yeah. Like the real real to real movement sound, right. not not Right, which, which doesn't which doesn't make really sense no. for what this is, but I appreciate it as an audio shorthand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
we we then cut back to Black Arachnia, who who's jumped from a tree, and she's got her gun out now, and she spawns Dinobot in his uh, raptor form, sort of stalking around a bit. She's following along behind. Does a completely needless flip from behind a tree, like yeah. just a flick flip that was absolutely unnecessary. Yeah, absolutely necessary. Style. It would have been like <laughs> it would have almost been like something I would have expected to see at a like Beverly Hills Cop or something like that. Right, like it like, was a like tactical role with no tactical do, purpose. Yeah. I'm glad Jordan picked up on that. <laughs> so she uh, takes aim and shoots the gun, and her shot goes through as it turns out a holographic projection Uh, right which apparently when you interrupt the like beam of the holographic (laughs) projection it like shatters (laughs) no 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 it's it's the actual projection itself not the beam so like at the end point of it right but sure but i mean that doesn't matter it's still projected light yeah (laughs) physical contact with it should not affect it in any appreciable way (laughs) <laughs> is it is it light though it might be hard light might be if it's oh, hard light it hit no it. no if it was hard light he'd have it'd have an h on its forehead so we'd know <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah, that's right i'm dropping fucking red dwarf references what are you gonna do about it <laughs> not wait, get wait the reference order to act like act cat like cat yeah i mean Kendall, anyway you've never seen red dwarf neither have i uh, I think I, I might have watched. I think I might have watched one episode when I was drunk one time. Not only have uh, I seen Red Dwarf, but my friends for Christmas got me the well, both versions of the third volume in the trilogy of books. Oh, nice! That's, That's a story. A weird. Well, okay, place to the, start, the, I guess. Well, no, no, I have the first two. Oh, they okay. Re- they, they they released them stateside, no problem, and they were made by Grant Nyler. But after the second book. They split off because uh, it's 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 like I think it's Rob Grant and something Nyler are the actual names. And when they wrote the first two books, they did under right. the name Grant Nyler. When they they decide like they parted on amicable terms and stuff like that, but they both wrote a third part to the story. So there's like one by Rob Grant and one by that. Okay, uh, that's Nyler. interesting. And that's, yeah, and <laughs> so there's technically four books, but the fourth, but there's just basically two timeline. versions. Of, yeah. Huh. I mean, which is actually super appropriate for the kind of yeah. like shit that Red Dwarf pulls. So, like, I'm all, I'm cool with that. No, just the way you said that made me think they bought you the third book in a volume of three without, like, just as the <laughs> as itself by itself, and that's a pretty funny gift, but also kind of shitty. <laughs> so we we get a bit of a fight between Black Arachnia and Dinobot now. Yeah, Dinobot was of course behind her the whole time, and yes. like. She realizes just as he jumps out to attack her. Yeah. He he manages to, to swipe her with his tail. They you know yeah, he knocks back. her he knocks her venom gun thing away, which is good for him because that thing can fuck you up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um she manages to jump away and then grab the gun and fires a shot. It misses him and hits a tree. And she was sort of expecting the tree to just topple onto him and he, you know very sleekly just sidesteps it and she's like oh shit (laughs) yeah that's a pretty good fight i did i did like that moment where like after he stepped aside from the from the tree it goes back to her it's like oh no it's like yeah yeah, that that was what was supposed to happen 
Yeah. And then she runs, which I feel like if you're being chased by a raptor, you're probably not in a great situation. <laughs> yeah. Especially running after you is kind of their like biggest strength. Yeah. And and <laughs> she manages to hop over a tree. He just busts through it. And then he manages to shoot two other trees, which topple onto her. So he yeah, manages to fall in a perfect cross formation directly on top of her, yes. which is just some incredible marksmanship. Yeah. yeah he's, he's, I don't well, know why she didn't just step one foot to the left. <laughs> I think she was so taken aback by how perfect a shot it was that she was briefly paralyzed. <laughs> Actually, she was reloading her gun, so she didn't oh. notice the trees. Maybe he's like Cyclops, and his eye—he has—he has perfect understanding of geometry and how it would affect his beam. Right, right, and also his—that's not a mutant power. He just trained himself really well to do that. <laughs> I thought it was—I thought it was part of his mutant power. I mean, he—I think—I think he can, con- you know, change the concentration to a point. So he like that's more innate and part of his power. I thought but, his geometry. I figured. Was, was no, see, I thought the power. I thought the control over I thought the control over it required. Like, well, no, no. I mean, like how how much force when he has the visor open, like. The, see, I figured that was all the visor. The like vi- the visor helps him control the force. Yeah, I mean, the reason the his whole deal is that he's got brain damage, so he can't control his powers. Right. Well, also, I mean, I think his whole deal is his eyes are conduits to another dimension, and it's kind of hard <laughs> oh, to control God, that. No, the punch not dimension. the punch dimension. <laughs> That's, that's why there's no kickback. Um, uh, oh. I fucking love the punch dimension so much. It's the most comic book thing. Yeah. I was supposed to be the one making the dad jokes here. <laughs> trying to find a, a list. I, I swear to God, the geometry thing is part of I his thought, like. I thought powers. that was just. I thought the whole geometry, like pool, basically being able to bank a shot like a pool, like pool balls, was mostly just from training and just to show how much of a. <laughs> Of a, a, well, more of a just like how much he actually put a lot of work into studying right, yeah, the, the, and stuff like to that. To show how dedicated he was to harnessing this power and being an yeah. X-Man and all that. I don't know. I don't like Cyclops, so I'm fine with saying he's not. Yeah. Like, well, if, I'm fine with saying him. The Wikipedia article just says Cyclops is able to fight the beams off hard and shiny surfaces. The, this feat also demonstrates his intuitive sense of spatial geometry between objects. This is intuitive. Uh, yeah, so it kind of imply yeah. that it's part of the X gene. Okay. Uh, well, I'll say if, if if he really does have super geometry powers in addition to his regular powers, uh, then he must suck even more because he's not very good at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, so, yeah, like I said, I really like crediting any like accomplishments Cyclops does manage to make to his like mutant X gene and not his skills as a person. So, um, it actually has a skills listed spatial awareness. Cyclops seems to possess an uncanny sense of geometry in this sense used to describe his observation of objects around himself and the angles found between surfaces of those objects. And it says he's repeatedly just demonstrated his ability to bank shots. Blah, 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 blah. And he so even mentions credit. Like, I'm sure he did have to practice actually doing that quite a bit. Yeah. But he has, I mean, it, he has, he, even, he has an advanced knowledge that would be required to pull those feats off. Yeah. And he even mentions right. that he's an expert pilot and it's been implied that his geometric sense improves his ability in the air. Right. Because he's got a high midi chlorian account and can like, <laughs> like <laughs> the future just slightly, which gives him better piloting reflexes. Wow. So we've managed to cross an X-Men with a Star Wars. Wars trope. 
Look, today is apparently Not all about all the shitty, like nerdy pop culture stuff that I hate. Again, yeah. this is Wikipedia, but it says it is his sense of superhumanly enhanced spatial awareness that allows him to perform these feats. <laughs> so, so, okay, yeah. So there's a comic <laughs> somewhere that at least that says that he's got that power, right? Whether uh, the whether the whether they utilize it, whether the I mean, he doesn't yeah, even that was a writer going rogue or part of the Marvel yeah. Bible. Who knows? I mean, at this point, he like doesn't even have powers. Well, at this point, he's dead. So okay, well, he's no, he got doesn't the have best power. Power Cyclops has ever had. Not <laughs> oh. Look. Although uh, there still is young Jubilee's Cyclops. Jubilee's undead now, and I mean that's not really. Oh yeah, Jubilee's her. a vampire. I always forget that. Yeah, Jubilee's, Jubilee's vampire, great. and that's fucking cool. Like, never forget that. <laughs> no, Unless yeah, I, yeah, she was one of the only named X Men's to actually lose her powers when uh, all of the mutants lost their powers, and then yeah, they made her a vampire. Yeah, that she got cooler powers. Oh. Quite well, frankly. Uh, no, um, what's his name? Chamber. It's Jonathan. Jonathan lost his powers too. Which is it? Jonathan yeah, Stars yeah. more? I think right. it's Jonathan. So, yeah, like, I'm saying, like I said, Jubilee's the only name very bad. Love his face. Yep. The fact that you guys couldn't oh, remember shit. the guy's name kind of <laughs> kind of defeats. The I know argument him better as, as as Chamber than that. And I also remember that basically, uh, basically, there's that whole thing where, like, because he's of the lineage of a. Uh, un- Unsabanur or whatever Apocalypse's uh, name is, that someone basically gave him an infusion of of his blood to try and restart it, and it kind of backfired and gave him different powers, and he was on like a new warriors, new yeah, new apoc- warriors. Apoc- yeah, doing anything involving Apocalypse is probably going to backfire, and I don't know why people yeah. keep doing it. Yeah, because well, he was. It sounds like he was going to die unless his powers came back. Yeah, he was in a really bad shape without his powers. Because his you know, powers being, blew out. Dying as an X Man doesn't usually like mean a whole lot. So I say just don't mess with it. Let him die, and I'm sure he'll be back sooner don't or later. Don't you know Chambers' old deal? No, I actually don't. Okay, he so Chamber doesn't. He, he doesn't have his his chest or the his front of his face because his own powers blew them off of him. Okay, that's Basically pretty. That's pretty metal. And yeah, it's he, like it's, it's like this like big fiery energy. Kind of yeah, and he can tele he can do telekinesis, which is how he can talk to people. But like. No, 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 tele- telepathy, sorry. Yeah, that's, I was going to say, telekinesis, he, levi- he levitates a chalk onto a chalkboard. <laughs> that's and... how he talks. No, he has telepathy, he's able to talk to people, but but because he has no, he has no mouth. Like, he, he has no mouth and he cannot scream. He has scream. no mouth, but like, he can scream, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he's kind of a cool character. He's part of, like, a Gen X or whatever. That whole right, yeah, that's, a, that's, a, a, that's an of era of the X-Men that I'm not super familiar with. Mostly because I actually was I picked it up when it first started with through the Phalanx Covenant, and that's also where we first got to meet Blink. This version of Blink, anyways. So yeah, when he doesn't have his power, they had he, doesn't, to doesn't have that, he doesn't have his furnace there anymore. So now he just doesn't have a face and chest, and nothing helps. Yeah, yeah. that seems like a bad way to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we tried to fix it. The, <laughs> yeah, the 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 Apocalypse Blood kind of did save it, save him from you know being stuck to life support machines for the rest of his life. But at the same time, it kind of made him more look like uh, Apocalypse, which means that his skin turned blue and uh, he had kind of like the, the dark blue weird outlines like on his lips and, and along. Uh, I mean, that's like the stuff, which yeah, that's, that's all right. Evan kind of looks like that, too. And Evan's cool. <laughs> OK, so Beast Wars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Getting Sorry. back to the episode. Um, 
So Black Arachne is pinned by these perfectly placed trees, uh, pinning her gun as well as her legs. And we've got Dinobot who, as it turns out, is sort of planning on trying to blow her head off, so to speak, uh, so that he can get the access codes for the Ark back to Megatron. Right, I, think he, I, think he, I think he initially just demands that she give them up right now. Like, he gives her a chance to voluntarily provide the information. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he's just going to take the head back to Megatron. Yeah. <laughs> right. He mentioned, like, like bringing yeah. her back to Megatron and getting her set straight or just taking out of her head. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And so while she's pinned... And she doesn't really, you know, decide to go on their side. He's like, stay, stay still. This will hurt. Yeah. Yeah. He meant, yeah. He specifically, he gets kind of sadistic with this. He specifically says like, he's not going to like, just completely decapitate her right away so that she can feel it. Like, yeah. A little bit of a ravage uh, rampage in him. Sorry. is in him. Yeah. Yeah, but just as he's about to sh- to shoot her, she gets her gun free and shoots him with one of her poison bolts. He goes Point flying blank. back. Yeah, he goes flying back and he's sort of like experiencing the effect of the poison. And so you see him sort of convulsing and his arm has been damaged. She turns around. Pretty ra- much for the most part at this looks uh, knocked out for the moment. Yeah. Like, like he's not going to get up anytime soon. Right, which is normally what happens when she shoots somebody with that gun. Like, that's kind of its whole deal. Yeah. Yeah. And so she turns around and tries to radio for Silverbolt, only to realize that she's in the jamming zone. Right, which would imply that she didn't actually know where it was. Yeah. And or at least forgot that's where she was. Yeah. Or she didn't realize well, that there's she was running past the jamming zone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, while all of this is going on, we get the uh, purpley Purple. tendril. Uh, coming out of Dinobot's spark from his chest and it repairs his arm. Uh, he immediately comes to and he sort of like clutches his hand to his chest, sort of like, oh, okay, I, I guess I can do that. Yeah, he seems rather surprised by this as, as we are. Yeah. Um, so as she is still trying to get a hold of Silvervolt, He's they do that back. classic framing where, like, she's in the foreground trying to trying to get her comms working, and you can see him in the background getting to his feet and yeah. like preparing to like strike. Yeah, it's almost like a very Jason esque sort of uh, a scene being played out there, which actually is sort of fitting because the first time that we see Rampage, it's a very horror esque. Right, they play, they play the so. unstoppable killing machine sort of. Um, aesthetic with him yeah yeah with rampage and then they do it again here or with uh with dinobot a little bit yeah it's yeah, his it's, half it's brother a neat, it's a neat little bit of parallelism <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so he and you know that kind of makes sense because isn't that when uh uh silverbolt and black arachnia had to spend time like working together in the jungle yes yeah you're right that's when true started kind of hanging out yeah I mean, they don't do that parallels too much there, but it's just kind of a neat little thing. Yeah, that is that is yeah, that's neat how it thematically lines up. Yeah, yeah. So Dinobot tries to to shoot her again. She transforms and scurries off. Moves rather fast because she's climbing up the wall of yeah, like a. She, yeah, she a makes mountain. a really good tactical decision of I'm going to scale this vertical wall because spiders are way better at that than dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> so we then cut to the Silverbolt who's flying around and he. Makes mention that he his tracking array is useless in the jamming zone, so that he needs to return to basics. 
So he lands, manages to catch her scent, and then immediately uh, detects a second scent. And he's like, hmm, it's another one, a foul one. And then he realizes that it's Dinobot. So he goes flying off again to see if he can try and find her. And we cut back to the maximal base and Rattrap is playing video games again. And this yeah, time this is times a doom one. Yeah. This is the doom clone with him uh, where the gun is his type of gun. And he's shooting a bunch of different waspinators in halls of what appears to have been a recreation of the Axelon. So as he's, you know, getting pretty excited, uh, Oswald comes on the scene. <laughs> it's sort of like if your boss catches you at work doing something you're not supposed to be doing on a computer mm-hmm. and Rat Trap immediately flips it back to like shuts the screen off. Yeah, he hits like the boss mode thing so an Excel spreadsheet comes up. Yeah. <laughs> and Rhinox hits a button and and then we've got the radar up. Um Optimus is wondering if he's seen Black Arachnia and Silverbolt, and he's like, Well, I thought they were with you. In the lab. Aren't they there? Yeah. Isn't that odd? Yeah. And Rhinox is like, Well, there's no sign of them on the scanners. And he's like, internal or external. So Optimus tries to radio Silverbolt and gets no response. And they're like, they must be in Megatron's jamming zone. So Optimus tells Rhinox to try and locate them and let him know as soon as he can. And he goes ahead and transforms. And yeah, this is even more egregious than Silverbolt doing it. Because when Optimus flies, he uses fucking jets. Yeah, (laughs) He's burning these thrusters within like inches or Micro clicks or whatever, of <laughs> fucking, like furniture. Micro clicks. <laughs> I think I think that's also kind of one of the reasons why they moved to the cave because they realized that there's no way that Optimus's body would have. Oh yeah, no, Optimus would not have fit in their ship at this point so, at all. Yeah, so like the rock formations and stuff are pretty much taking the brunt of hit, brunt of everything he's doing instead of uh, instead of ship like floors or whatever. Yeah. I still like how he basically was able to move Cheetor's door with his finger like it was just like a little flap on a on a on a small toy or something. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut back to Black Arachnia who's who's reloading her gun and it's very similar to like some sort of a horror scene where somebody's reloading their gun. She's like, I don't know how he managed to survive that shot, but this time I'm gonna give him a triple dose and that should drop him. Yeah, it's just, got a very almost predator feel to it. Yeah. Uh, we then get Silverbolt, who who appears on the scene. He's like, oh, thank Primus, I found you. Oh, God, I forgot about his little, like, audio sting. It's so good. <laughs> his trumpets, you forgot the trumpets? <laughs> do, do, do. Like, it's so, per- it's so perfect because, yes. the, like, they're, they're the exact level of MIDI that fits with this <laughs> animation style. Ah. <laughs> uh. Like they're very clearly synthesized, but like they sound like what they're yeah, supposed to, but they're obviously they're, synthesized. They're synthesized yeah. because he plays it. It's coming from him. Right. Right. Yeah, it's not <laughs> it's it's diegetic. Yep. So as he appears, he's like, So you you don't have anything to say? And she immediately is like, Duck, because as it turns out, Dinobot is behind him. Right, I was almost as... expecting something along the lines of him to like make some sort of a, a gag out of it, like there are no ducks here or anything like right, that. Yeah, that seems that very so... in character for him. Yeah, yeah. Also, um, although to be honestly, fair, he didn't even have like... time because he got jumped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, after he was like, duh, 
<laughs> yeah, you just react immediately, like an, like for, you, you think you would. He's being used you're, to this I mean, kind of thing. You're in a war, yeah, but at the same time, he was in. He was in. He was playing gallant, like rescuer at the moment. Like he wasn't really in. He wasn't really in a combat frame of mind. <laughs> yeah. <Sure. laughs> um. So Dinobot shoots uh, the rock that's behind Silverbolt. He gets knocked to the ground, and they start wrestling a bit. Um. Silverbolt manages to fling Dinobot off, and when he does, when Dinobot hits the rock behind him, we see his projector sort of go on, fall onto the ground. Yeah, and then the then the like viewing apparatus or the projection apparatus pops out kind of menacingly, which is yeah. Like, yeah. If it was a turret, that would make sense because it'd be like, oh, it's armed and like aimed now, but it yeah. just projects light. There's it's not really risk at all. I don't understand mm-hmm. why they show that. I think well, they showed it to the show, so the set set up what's going to happen with it. Yeah, it's, I just don't feel like a hologram. I just don't feel like that animation was at all necessary to convey anything. I don't, I don't think they had, they had to do a close up of it. Like if they right. if it, when it landed on the ground beside him, and as he was getting up from the ground, they showed it opening up instead of well, focusing already, on it. So we've already there. seen what that thing can do. We know what it is. So just seeing it land on the ground is enough to set up what's happening. Yeah, that too. Although I I I I think that they might have gone the extra moment just so that it would be easier for Silverbolt to figure it out by just picking it up, which I is guess. why I think that's the, that's one of the things I think is why they had it open up. But like like you said, they didn't have to like basically put it uh, center screen or so close that, that yeah, and like, like the and like the the. Uh, emphasize sound effect of it opening up and stuff like i don't know it all just felt very much like they were s- trying to fake us out by making us think it was some sort of gun even though yeah. we know it's not <laughs> <laughs> so oh, and then silverpool pulls out a different kind of uh missile fe- like missile feather sphere than normal yes. right because it has that little red thing in it yeah yeah it's got the little red thing in it and just as he's about to throw it though it gets shot out of his hand uh, by Dinobot. I wonder if that was indicating like some sort of an explosive charge yeah, or something. That's what maybe? I was thinking. Maybe they always explode. Like, well, yeah. I mean, like uh, more so like this a, is probably this is. Pro- I mean, it, it's red, so clearly it's stronger. Like it's probably specifically for like busting up Transmetal twos and other tougher. Sure, <laughs> it was or a timed. Like I like most of the explosions are on impact. Maybe it was more of a timed thing. Sure, which sure. I like, a, like a like a like a like a. Well, it's more of a grenade type thing where he launches it and then it. Yeah, that could be too. Um, but right after it's shot out of his hand, he's knocked down again, and we then get Dinobot who like sort of stomps on his chest with his foot and holds him in place. And in what might be one of the more painful looking scenes that I think we've seen in the past few episodes is Dinobot's targeting laser because we already know that they can sort of burn. Um, it, it's, it's it's like it's low power. It's like it's low power enough that it can't just cut through stuff, but it's high yeah. power enough that it will eventually cut hurt. through stuff. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. we like, got he's smoke smoking, billowing like, from his when face. You're, like when you're trying to do a really low strength like torch cut on metal. Yeah, 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 and, and so it's right in between his eyes, and so Dinobot. Is sort of playing the, you know, I've got him prisoner, what are you going to do sort of thing. Right, like, like, I... Submit now or bid goodbye to the object of your twisted affection. Right, uh, Silverbolt is, like, moments away from asking, what do you expect me to talk? And, like, (laughs) Donabot will say, no, I expect you to die. 
Like, <laughs> yeah. Silvermolt makes a grab for like a hand out reaching for for Black Arachnia. And her and response in tails is yes, <laughs> resting by by proceeding to shoot him with her machine gun legs. Listen, Black Arachnia <laughs> likes battle damage boys. <laughs> They're good. They're very good. Yeah. Honestly, um, she likes it when her handsome dog boy is beat up looking. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny too because Dinobot just hops off of Silver Bolt. Yeah. And- Bolt just gets nailed with a bunch of shots, and just yeah, I mean, I don't like he gets rolled over like twice or so from yeah, the, from the yeah. Spray. Like, and I mean, I don't blame him. Like, he's in the middle of this gunfire. I would get away from that too. <laughs> like, she's not shooting at him; she's shooting at Silverbolt. I'm gonna get away from Silverbolt. Yeah. Um. I, she. I, she goes I on do to like s- the. I do like the thing. Like, I like to think that no one's surprised by this, though. Like. Not not so, and I mean, just for the simple fact that not that like you know she shot shot him because of anything, more of just to shoot him to get him out of the way, and like she says that this is pretending Predacons now, you know. Yes. So like also, also I think it probably took Dinobot slightly off guard. Like I don't too. think he was yes. expecting her to do that, and yeah, but I I mean the viewer I don't think is too surprised at yeah. this point. It's I I think it's. I think it's just enough to set yeah, that seed maybe. of doubt that they want you to have, mm-hmm. but it's not so much that you would say, "Wait, why?" If she was just pretending, why would she have done that? Like, I think it's believable. Yeah, yeah that's no, exactly she. Uh, I, 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 I instantly got what she was trying to do, and like um, they basically have chewing so. paper, so like <laughs> nah, this was yeah. not lethal damage. Like he's beat up, but he'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a flesh wound. Hey, it's just battle damage a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like she probably like after this, she probably uh, does that for recreational reasons. <laughs> Kinky. <laughs> like you know, she could talk him into it. She'd be like, I don't know, probably. Like, I know your, I know your limits. I know your limits, baby. I. It'll be enough to scuff you up. I, I want to point this out. It'll hurt just enough favorite, to feel good. Favorite lines, but ev- every this. time, Silverbolt seems. Generally, so surprised when he gets shot every time. Oh, no. Well, I mean, that's I'm sure that's part of the appeal too. <laughs> <laughs> so we this is, we would have cut to a commercial, and then when we get back, the scene is sort of uh, panning around them, and Black Arachne and Dinobot are, are sort of squaring off. You could say um, <laughs> she sort of. Well, he he goes on to say that he's surprised and that maybe there is some Predacon left in her after all. And she's like, well, I'm through with the Maximals anyway, uh, but I can't go back to Megatron either. Not without someone to back me up like you. (laughs) So he, he, you know, seems interested and wants her to tell him more. And she she, still has her gun at at him. She's not like being obviously getting close. Yeah, she she's trying to appeal to him with the idea of that together they could rule without Megatron. Right, like um, the classic, the classic like Predacon, Decepticon, whatever, like ploy of you know join me and we can usurp the current leader, sort of. Yeah. Sort of proposition. And of course, while this is going on, Silverbolt's sort of getting back to his senses. Sort of, he's still a bit groggy, but he still hears the exchange. Yeah. Um. Dinobot, of course, sort of plays possum a little bit as if he's interested, bows his head down, and when it comes back up, we see one of the only instances, I think, 
in the entire series that he uses his eye as a paralyzing beam. Yeah, it's like a it's like a giant flashbulb kind of thing that does yeah. the that does the paralyzing effect. Yeah, it, it's like a seizure beam. Yeah, like flashes and. and- can I say I love slash hate the um way Black Arachne as voice actress screams? <laughs> yeah, oh, it it's just very, a like, it's thing. very it's very effective for what they're trying to do, but it yeah. makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, she she's a very intense scream. Yeah, she she did that again too when uh when she found the alien artifact island thing, right? Yes. Yeah. The, yeah. The yeah, it's and, not the first time she screamed like that, but it's yeah, very visceral. It's, yeah. So Dinobot sort of hovers over her a little bit, uh, and makes mention that it's all, that the effect only lasts a few moments. He's like, "You'll be able to move in a moment, just enough to feel the final blow." Right. Yeah. He's such a fucking sadistic <laughs> bastard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I honestly think that's more of uh, the rampage. It's definitely smart rampage. Yeah. Yeah. the rampage side of him for sure. Yeah. Um. So, as he's sort of hovering over her, getting ready to deal that final blow, we then hear Silverbolt, you know, being all heroic, saying, "You know, his trumpets again." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He like he specifically strikes that her hero pose. Yeah. He's like unhand her reptilian filth. <laughs> he's got his heroic pose with his wings out and Dinobot jumps to to attack and his hand goes through silver he's so, he he's so mad at his at his at this uh posing person that he has to actually leap to attack them he doesn't yeah. just fire his eye or or throw well, no, something like he's at he's <laughs> in he's in visceral murder mode at this point he wants yeah. to feel them like yeah, yeah. <laughs> so realizing he's that, that he's blood been blood well i guess oil yeah. lust yeah so he realizes he's will adjust <laughs> Inner drawn lust. <laughs> <laughs> um, so can Silverbolt throw his voice? Because that hologram talked. Um, I, I don't know. I think it's the hologram. It's a fancy machine. Maybe it can project yeah. sound audio as well as video. Could. I mean, maybe there's just a speaker you know, you on the machine. You know, does he does he talk when he looks at the image? Like, does the image actually say anything while he's looking at it? Because maybe he just said that to get his attention to look in the direction of there. So, like, maybe. But the um, thing is, like, he wasn't in that direction. So yeah, if he you're spoke, right. The audio cue would have drawn his run Dinobot's attention to him and not the hologram. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm taking a look. I've oh, rewound yeah, it he's, back. He's so. moving his mouth. Yeah. Oh, oh. He's yeah. Talking. That's right. Yeah. So it is a little head bob too. He has kind of like which, a, which is interesting because that means he managed to somehow record that discreetly in like five seconds. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so Dinobot's turns around to see Silverbolt with the projector. Or or that was already in the <laughs> memory, just, and that's something Dinobot had programmed into it. The battle damage and everything. He's just such a fan <laughs> of Silverbolt. <laughs> um, Silverbolt manages to to blast him with his wings uh, off of the it, Yeah, the it, catches him, it catches Dinobot off guard enough that it actually knocks him off the edge of the cliff. And see, I think this yeah. is also kind of a neat little thing I, that Silverbolt kind of actually planned out. He put the the image by the lip of the of the or by the edge of the cliff to make it right, easier. Yeah, it was specifically, yeah, it was specifically luring him to a spot where he could knock him off. Yeah, that was good strategy. Yeah, all you really, come to find out. Oops, sorry, yeah. Am, go ahead. Oh no, actually, you should say this next thing before I say the next thing. Actually, um, Dinobot manages to actually claw himself back up 
He didn't right, it doesn't fall catch him way. off guard enough to knock him all the way off. Yeah. And so just as he's, you know, coming back over the crest, uh, Black Arachnia deals the the final blow, shooting him directly in the face with her triple strength dart, which forces him to fall towards the ground and Yeah, so. the paralyzing effect kind of prevents him from grabbing the ledge again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I do like how like Silverbolt doesn't rescue her, like he helps her, but they fight together and yeah, Black Arachne is the one bloody. who like actually yeah. takes him out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, man, when he hits the ground, the thud oh, audio yeah. that they use is heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Spring shake even too. He's a big yeah, dude. It's, yeah. it's a little much. And that's the first dead tally for Dinobot two. <laughs> oh yeah, we do we do a death tally for the characters. Uh, okay, Joel, sure. Uh, Joel, uh, for like the, the instances where they really should have died. <laughs> right. And and no, I get it. No, I get it. Yeah. I'm I'm well versed in keeping death tallies for characters. It's also it's also <laughs> not accurate uh, because oh. I forget to do it most of the time. Sure. No, of course. So, but returning to to Silverbolt and Black Arachnia, she turns around to him. And says, uh, like, you long enough. Yeah. And Silverbolt's like, stop. And she's like, well, what is it? He's like, despite your attempt to destroy me, I she's like, I heard your foul plan to betray us. She's like, oh, why are the Q ones always tube heads? That, that <laughs> yeah, was a like, diversion. Well, see, that's you, the secret. Black Arachnia is they're all tube heads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like, I want a Dinobot to get away from you. <laughs> so I shot really you. Great. It's obvious. Uh, Come yeah. on. I, I, I love he's like you shot me. Yeah, <laughs> that's why yeah, he was he feels so betrayed by this and quite frankly rightly so. Like <laughs> I mean that is it's the same line like he reads that line the same way as like when he got shot in the leg. Uh, yeah. back back when they were my, searching for the ark. I love <laughs> good back I then. It's good that. now. <laughs> my wife referenced Austin Powers when she saw that. Yes, She's like yes, you shot me. Too. You shot me in the arm right here. It really hurt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you hear the gunshot. He's like, "Shot me again." <laughs> <laughs> um. So they they have a bit of a back and forth. Uh. He asked her why she was running away, and she explains, well, I know what you guys are planning to do to me. She's like, I don't fit in. You know, the rest of the Maxwells don't trust me. She didn't uh, shoot him enough to actually harm him. Yeah. Um, And she says, that's why Ape Face and his horn-nosed pal want to wipe my core. And Silverbolt's like, you're mistaken. They would never do that. She's like, I heard them say it. So just as the, she turns around, he, you know, she's sort of making ready to leave and he hears Optimus coming and he's like, oh, thank Primus. He's like, she's like, it's time for me yeah, to go. He's, like, he's just grateful that he's gotten out for this conversation that he's rapidly running out of responses for. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I mean, um, like he can basically get Optimus to explain. Yeah. Uh, so he grabs onto her to stop her from leaving. She, he's like, you know, no, struggles. you're not. You're- not sneaking away this time we need this solved yeah <laughs> she's like let go of me and so she turns around and proceeds to headbutt him <laughs> yeah and he gets the goofiest look on his face and falls over 
<laughs> she st- takes like two steps. Yeah, then she <laughs> realizes how fucking thick-headed he is and why that was a bad idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she falls on her ass too. Optimus shows up. He's I, like, I love that she even says, oh, that wasn't a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> I loved Optimus's reaction because he's like, you both look like scrap. <laughs> I can imagine that he actually even saw that little exchange as he was coming over the hill too. And he's like, oh, yeah. these two. Yeah. Um, Silverbolt starts to try and explain, saying that they had a, a slight altercation with Dinobot and that it was his fault, apparently. <laughs> Which Black Arachnid's like, no. He's like, I heard you and Rhinox planning to unzip my core, so I took off. And then Dinobot jumped me and Spot here rescued me. Spot. Yeah. I like her nicknames for him, like Spot and Bowser yeah. and like. Rover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Silverbolt asked him if that's true and if they were going to reprogram her to which Austin's like well with reprogramming she could be the maximal she was meant to be but the decision to take that step is and it always would be hers to make and she's like you mean I had a choice and he's like well that is the maximal way and he's like now let's get you both back to let's get you both back to base and so he offers to take black arachnia and Silverbolt's like i believe that's my responsibility as her commander and this is like which we're going to have a long talk about later yeah like fraternization so, <laughs> is grounds for a court martial you realize that right like this is a huge <laughs> violation of like chain of command and like military integrity like how he says that his ears go behind his head like a hurt puppy <laughs> <laughs> Like, dude, your decision making is super compromised here. You should not be in charge of her. Yeah. No. Um, so at this point, Optimus takes off, Silverbolt transforms, and Black Arachnia sort of hops onto his back and it's like, Thanks for coming after me. It was sweet. And so Silverbolt's like, Well, as the way you confess the truth was to Optimus, we'll make a maximum of you yet. And she's like, Well, in your dreams, I like myself just the way I am, and I intend to stay yeah. that way. And, and speaking like, of which, I also like Rover. you just the way you are. So let's uh, let's take a little detour here before we get you fixed up. <laughs> I, 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 I seriously wish that he would have said, and I like you just the way you are, but he does not say yeah. that. No, because yeah. that's the thing. There is an underlying current of hypocrisy here with the Maximals and their Lord. talk of you know, you have the right to choose for yourself because they will give you that choice, but they will also judge you for not making the choice you they think you should make. Yeah. yeah. Part of me thinks uh, Silverbolt just doesn't know better about that, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I care. I I can believe that he, he that it's an ignorance thing, but ignorance is not an excuse. Oh no. no. But yeah. So yeah, there's the end of the episode. Interesting overall. I mean, certainly there I was some kind of creepy points, but there were some good yeah. points to it too. I mean, like a Black Rackney episode is good for me. She's like the best character. So mm-hmm. yeah, like yeah. I, um, I picked this episode to guest star on specifically because I really like her like season three arc of trying to figure out what her identity is yeah. after yeah. Like, defecting from the Predacons, and like this kind of kicks off that journey of her deciding to become a Maximal and. The whole nature of like whether how she you defi- has to yeah how you define your predacon thing to even do that whether she can just stay as she is without having to undo the pro like the shell right. program right and just there's an element there of the like 
figuring out who you truly are and the risks you take in accepting that, that I think is really good. Like you kind of have to dig a little bit to get a lot out of it, but it's definitely there. And Mm -hmm. it's one of the cooler arcs, I think, in the show. Yeah, I think so. Honestly, uh, Black Arachnids and Silver Bolts arcs are kind of one of my favorite things about this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's which one, I think I've, one of the I've reasons, done before. That's one of the reasons why Beast Machines is so garbage. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't get to do that too much because uh, I mean Kenny you'll have to, you'll have to eventually. Yeah, we'll, oh yeah, we'll we will. That happens. Don't worry, we will. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Kendall? What were your thoughts? Uh, I mean, I thought it was fine it wasn't like amazing i think what i really took from it was that uh dinobot 2 now that i've sort of now that we've had a few episodes with him not a huge fan of his character um we'll see we'll see where that goes like i don't i mean he's better than i don't know he's better than like quick strike quick strike yeah i'm trying to think of what other characters i hate (laughs) uh pterosaur (laughs) No, no like, I like Pterosaur. <laughs> and I refuse to believe there's a person who exists who likes Pterosaur. <laughs> I mean, I like Pterosaur well, better than Silverbolt. <laughs> oh, geez. Jordan's feelings. Oh. I'm not a huge fan of Silverbolt. I, I don't like most of the That's most of the characters that are that I don't have the. I'm I'm 100 biased, but like whatever. That's the point. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the characters that I don't have the nostalgia for because I basically only watched the first season, uh, when I was a kid. So the characters that I don't have the nostalgia for, I just, I, they don't, aren't as good. Like, yeah, I would say, I mean, I don't know. Do I like, it's like, like, do I like Ravage or, or, or do I like, uh, not Ravage? Um, do I like uh, Dinobot 2 or do I like Depth Charge better? Uh, Okay, Depth Charge is not fair because he's almost nothing of a character. <laughs> yeah, but that's like the Charge. same thing with Dinobot 2. Uh, Dinobot 2, like, so far, sure, but the thing is Dinobot 2 is still in the show and still has a chance to develop. Depth Charge existed for exactly one plot line for, like, three episodes, and, like, he's more plot device not, than character. not getting any more Depth Charge in a season? Mm, we do a little bit, especially towards the end. Okay, okay. I guess, but... Well, we'll I don't see know, I don't how feel like... they develop, but... And actually, you know what? I don't like Rampage as much anymore. Like, I liked him at first, but he kind of... After a couple episodes, is So, I don't know. Like, I'm... I was... I was... I had high hopes for Dinobot 2. We'll see if he develops, but I'm kind of thinking he's turned into another, just another generic Predacon. I'm really regretting the fact that we didn't get that episode. Yeah, that it's, episode that they didn't make sounds pretty fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, and it it explains a lot that it, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, it at actually the it actually fills in some like gaps that probably should have been explained somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, the episode was the episode was fine. The black arachnia stuff was was fine. Um, I didn't think the 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 sexism wasn't as overt in and or the sexism, racism, whatever paternalism. Wasn't as overt in this episode as it has been in some other episodes, which maybe makes it worse. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's definitely still there. It's just the more insidious, like more. It's more microaggressions than straight up obvious yeah. stuff, and that's always harder mm-hmm. to like. It's so much harder to drive home when that stuff happens, right? Yeah. And it's and it and it was like it, 
an episode like this makes me think that the that that like that episode a few a few episodes ago when everyone was being terrible that 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 was not intentionally showing the showing the flaws of of our heroes right yeah i i kind of mentioned it in the earlier scenes where it happened but yeah i definitely get the feeling that some of the crappy stuff characters do in this episode were not written to, to intentionally to be crappy mm-hmm. which kind of sucks yeah mm-hmm. it means the writers didn't realize what they were doing was crappy yeah yeah 90s man. and and yeah. and as he said ignorance isn't always isn't an excuse right no. and i don't and to be fair i don't think it's like worth getting too worked up about um but yeah, it's definitely yeah. worth it's definitely worth pointing out yeah definitely. it's just yeah. it's just that because in an episode like this the stuff was more stuff was more subtle and it seemed like it was less intentional it makes some of the other episodes where things were worse seem like they also might have not been intentional i mean that's one read on it the um to me, I think the difference is when it's more overt, it feels more like it's intentional because that's the stuff that's easy to see and easy to write uh-huh. about. In this, it's more like missed potential because this is this. Like, I mean, I'm repeating myself at this point, but this would have been a good opportunity to address some of that stuff, like to address the way more su- you can more subtly disrespect people without even realizing you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. if they would have just, if they would have like. Uh, somebody, I think maybe Jordan said it, like, all they would have had to do is had Optimus actually admit, hey, you know, Ronix and I shouldn't have been talking about that behind your back. And yeah. that would have gone a long way towards, like, sending a good message here. Yeah. Yeah, or totally. had Silverbolt say, and I like you just the way you are. Like, right, that also would have yeah. been a, a good <laughs> message to, to deliver that they just did not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's maybe more a kid show issue than anything because kid shows seem really afraid to show the good guys as having flaws. Mm. Yeah, yeah. and like addressing true. and like addressing the you know hypocrisy from the maximal like ethos is kind of a complex subject that I think kids are super able to handle, but most people who make kids media don't. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so before we dive yeah. into the news post, um. I'm going to actually uh, save this recording file because um, it's getting really, really, really long. Um, yep. So let's take uh, about let's take about break. five minutes so I can uh, so I can start uh, so I sure. can do that. Sure. Yeah. We'll be right back. We didn't have a news post this week, uh, just because oh, scheduling really? and all that. Yeah, yes, we didn't have one this week, um, but we do have a couple of questions. Yeah, we got a question oh. from 
from Mike, you know, uh, a user named that dude over there at Mike Flavor Evanson all. I, I, I don't know him. I'm not familiar. <laughs> really? oh, I, I know. I'm I know him. That's, that's <laughs> a real jerk. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, sure, I'm and, sure he isn't wonderful and awesome and amazing. No, not at all. He's not. He's not <laughs> funny or clever or like, <laughs> people I know or anything at all. I heard he's, he's a really big Robin. Mario fan. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He, he loves Mario to death and, and yeah, absolutely Sonic. despises Sonic and Sega yeah. in general. He hates. Yeah. Him. So wait, wait. He likes Mario. He thinks the Genesis sound chip is the worst. Sorry, Jordan. What was that? So he likes Mario Party, but hates uh, Sonic Shuffle. No, he doesn't like Mario Party, though. He hates Mario. Party. He hates the RNG uh, of it. You know, he's just he's just such. The such only a thing he hates more than Mario Party is racing games, like kart racers. Uh, uh, Sonic Adventure Two. <laughs> I think that's enough. I think that's enough. BS. I, I don't think he even <laughs> listens to this. Anybody even hear that? <laughs> Look, um, our, just our entire listener base is people who ran out of Teenagers with Attitude episodes to listen to, <laughs> so they all got all those jokes. Well, in in all fairness, before we get to questions, I will I am going to give a shout out to a listener uh, because they have been with us since the very beginning, and that is Ryuchi. So a very big shout out to her since she has been with us since the very start. Yay! Yeah, thanks, uh-huh. Ryuchi. You're the best. So Mike asks, uh, asks, who's the better sexy spider, black arachnea, sexy woman, Shilob, Shilob, the Shilob, L- Shilob, Shilob yeah. thank you, Shilob from the L, the new LOTR game, or the goth spider from uh, James and the Giant Peach? Okay, so black arachnea is a robot, so I feel like the answer <laughs> is obvious. <laughs> well, I was going to say, well, I only saw, I, I took a look at the trailer just to see who, uh, the the new Sheila was and like I don't know enough from just from that clip to actually say anything. The other two characters were really great. Like Black Arachne is awesome, and I did always like that Spider Girl for, or lady from James the Giant Peach. Oh, a lot of people did. I, I think yeah, she awoke, I, I think I, she awoke a lot in a lot of people. Yeah, like in, even in, <laughs> I like I was uh, I'm like two or three episodes behind on Totally Reprise and. Uh, and I was listening to the 69th episode, and I remember. Nice. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> like Luke actually, like like said, like they were talking about aesthetics and like what they wanted to try and be, and and Luke lit- like literally said like, well, what about the spider lady from James and Giant Peach? And there was a pause, and they're like, oh, if you could see the look on Ashley's face, right? Like, lit- <laughs> yeah, that's a very that's a very Ashley aesthetic right there. Um, um but yeah, um, I also like. On Twitter, yeah. on Twitter, on Twitter, I I, I uh, shot back like, "What about Rachinira from uh, Monster Musume?" Oh so, yeah, lots of I want to know why. I want to know why Mike considers Charlotte to be so unfuckable. <laughs> she <laughs> likes Charlotte because she's tiny. tiny. She's very kind-hearted. She's very clever and tiny, and we know she fucks. <laughs> Like she canonically fucks because that <laughs> fucking story ends right with now? children. Oh yeah, we can hear you. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been muting on and off for the like, eating. I, I want to make sure I wasn't. Oh yeah, it's real easy to trip yourself up when you do that. I want to <laughs> honorable mention that the sexy spider lady that um, gave me weird feels uh, was uh, Anya Corazon's Spider Girl. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, Yes. Uh, she. Yeah. I rem- Yeah. I'm a little she's... too old for her. 
Um, but I mean, certainly now, but even back then I was a little too old for her, but, uh, but I she get gave it. me some special Believe me, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, she's a fictional character, so it's okay. Right. Um, uh, <laughs> um, talking about spider girl characters and spider Gwen is a, is a real great, I feel like at this design. point we're going to just pe- human beings who have spider themes. <laughs> I, know, I, know, like that I know. Getting away from this. Like, I mean, so I was gonna say, like, question. like growing up as a as a kid, uh, I had those old Spider Woman with Jessica Drew cartoons that I watched alongside mm-hmm. with uh, uh, GI Joe and Transformers. So there's oh, were those like, the ones like would, the Iron like Man? The old, no, not the Iron Man. Well, I, I don't know. Like it was, they were old and like she did yeah, like she, a Wonder Woman. She, she was in the nineties anime I mean, animation for Iron Man as well, but I don't yeah. think that's what yeah. Okay. I, think I, I say that we have to draw the line. If we're going to be adding other characters to the mix, we have to draw the line at like Peter Parker, when his spider thing was mutating and he grew extra arms and like started getting these weird, like more spider like stuff to his appearance. That's on the table. Normal Peter Parker. <laughs> no. True enough. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I just, I just, you know. Well, out of the ones to... that that Mike said, I think I'd go for Black Magnus because, like, I know she's not gonna. I mean, she's oh. she can turn into a giant, a realistic giant spider, but I think she's more of a good guy. While Shalob is a bad guy, can turn into a giant realistic spider. Fuck that. No, no, no. Shalob <laughs> is a giant realistic spider that apparently now can turn into a. Oh human yeah, spider. you're right. It's the other way around. Yeah. I was gonna say it's like a. a Loth dr- drider spider thing, yeah, kind of vibe to it. That's kind of weird. Yeah, I'd go with Black Arachne as well. I go for a girl. Represent Kendall. Kendall how about you? Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Black Arachne is the only one I've heard of. <laughs> I mean, I saw James the Giant Peach Peach eighty five years ago. Um, right? Yeah, that that that's fair. I don't blame you if you don't remember. Like, yeah. It wasn't a very. I remember they like ate the peach. That's all I remember about it. Okay, I I I de- absolutely remember the freaking centipede because centipedes fucking creep me out so much. Ugh. And that one was also kind of creepy. Yeah. All right. So there's that question. So what do we have for question number two, Jordan? And for question number two, we've got from Ideas Girl. Uh, handle is what is cosplay on Twitter. Ask handle. <laughs> Ask who tops in your favorite Transformers pairings. Oh god. I mean, Black Arachnia is obviously the top of that relationship. Yeah. 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 I, I had to finish that stake so I could I could agree with you guys. <laughs> I don't know that I have any other Transformers ships. I mean uh, I don't really either. Um, I do. Uh Cheetor and Megatron. I would say <laughs> that Megatron is definitely the top. He's definitely was, the daddy. I was gonna, I was gonna say, wait, what? But then I realized who, who was talking. I'm like, oh, of course, that makes sense. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Joel. In the first season, Megatron would be like, "Ooh, what's up, pussycat?" To Cheetor like all the time. Like there's clearly yeah. something there. <laughs> I, I can, I can follow where you're coming from. I guess. <laughs> you don't approve? No, it's just, it's just not my thing. Okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. Um, but and like I think like Rat Trap. I ship Megatron with a pretty good. Self. Let me put it that way. Um, okay. <laughs> There's no one Megatron loves more than Megatron. It's true. It's true. But that doesn't mean like uh, 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 he, no. He his, a boy his, boy. In his in his uh, 
like original form, the dinosaur head is canonically shown to have a mind of its own. True. He could I do some stuff. I'm just saying he he, he can have that a is voice the ultimate in the side. stranger right there. And then um, I also kind of ship Rhinox and Rat Trap. Uh, I think I that Rhinox I see Rhinox as Ace. Sure, I I can see that. But for my ship, I would say that um, you know, he's at least like even if they don't have sex, the, he's a he's a dominant of the relationship. Right. Well, I guess yeah, that that was my that was going to be like my uh, what's the word uh, caveat to this was like most of the ships I actually don't I actually don't usually think about the 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 sex portion. So it's kind of actually kind of hard sometimes unless I just take a moment to stop and think about it. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. I get to that mindset. Um, yeah, definitely. Like, if Rat Trap was in a relationship, I see him being a bratty bottom. Like, thanks, ideas, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I Man, totally that. I, I, that. again, again, I, I was eating. I'm trying to think. I totally agree that Rat Trap is a bratty bottom. <laughs> Thank you. I'm trying to think more of just not just Beast Wars because it is for Transformers. So I was right. Beast Wars trying is to think of the only Transformers media I really have. Because there are there are canonical uh, con- canonical pairings in the in the recent comics too. Oh yeah, no, the comics yeah. I understand do great with related words. I yeah. just don't know with them. Yeah, Sh- Shia LaBeouf is the bottom in his relationship with uh, <laughs> the with the girl in Dark of the Moon, the British girl. Yeah, I can see it. I thought it was Findom. I guess I guess there is another like canonical like pairing in Beast Wars, which is uh, Tigatron and Airazor. Oh but, yeah, yeah. But that the way they end up like top and bottom yeah. kind of stops being applicable. I think. Well, yeah. when it was, we'll get to that. <laughs> I would say that Airazor is a top. Oh, for sure. I don't know. I guess I could. I guess I could see them switching. I could see them being switched for sure. Oh my. What? <laughs> God, if you told me two years ago I'd be having conversations like this, I would not believe you. <laughs> so yes, did we have? We I'm assuming we didn't have any other questions, Jordan. No, it was just those two for now. Okay. Not sorry, I was eating. Not only conversations like this, but conversations like this recorded and then listened to online by <laughs> several people. Yeah, let's, many, not, let's not dwell on that aspect of it well, like, at, least, at all. <laughs> at least most of us are un, are actively uncomfortable answering the question. <laughs> Man, I lost that ability to? a while ago. <laughs> all right. Well, is it, um, Joel, since you were the guest here, I shall ask you first. Is there anything you would like to plug this week? Um. Yeah, I mean, if you like what I brought to the show, and I don't know why you would, but... um. Yeah, um, you can check me out on uh, Teenagers Attitude and uh, the Digital Moncast, uh, both of which have been mentioned. They're kind of like this show, but for uh, Power Rangers and Digimon, respectively. And uh, they are definitely more of meandering messes than this recording has been. So um, if you like tangents and uh, like incredibly long podcasts, yeah, they're, they're great for that. Em, <laughs> <laughs> how about you? Mm, sorry. Uh, I'm Bill, sorry. You're Jake, awesome. I... So whatever. I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Is this podcast taking you away from other important business? <laughs> I was eating. I think it's food. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say that's, that's, that's hey. the important business. Yeah. Oh, to be this fair, this podcast awesome did start <laughs> did start at breakfast time today, and it is now uh, midnight. So, <laughs> but yeah. Um, 
you, you're doing yourself deprecating humor. I just want to point out that Joel's awesome. And then I want to say you can find my art at datachair.tumblr.com. And I'm on Twitter at this is Emeralds. On Instagram, this is Emerald. And on YouTube at the same name. And also, I am going to be on an upcoming project on Audio Entropy Home for Infinite Losers, which is a DB Dragon Ball slash Dragon Ball Z rewatch podcast with uh, Mike and Luke. And then I'm Yay. releasing a podcast semi soon called In Pursuit of Passions, which is where I interview people about what they're passionate about. I like that Mike and Luke decided to start another podcast in which they cover a series that maybe has more content overall than Power Rangers. I don't know. I think Power Rangers might have more episodes. Mm. There's a lot of Dragon Ball out there. I got to listen to an episode of a pilotish episode of In Pursuit of Fashion, and it was pretty good. So when it exists, uh, people should listen to it. Aww. Thanks. So yeah, much. seriously, Emily is one of the most like encouraging people I know, <laughs> and like I think it's brilliant creating a show centered around that. Jeez, mm-hmm. jeez, I'm flustered. <laughs> <laughs> so Jordan, how about you? Um. So besides, you know. Jesse Cooper's CurioCast podcast emporium, which, by the way, they're doing a book about a zombie cat on the nice. page. It's it's absolutely awesome. A um, zombie cat? <laughs> <laughs> that actually kind of translates to the next thing. Uh, Darren Hust- Husted, Husted? Uh, you know, who did a talking cast and the Clueless, uh, as if Clueless podcast, he started up the uh, the Arrested Development one again. So they're doing the the uh, uh, Netflix season the the fourth season and and i know i'm scheduled to do an episode but that's still a while away but but yeah it's it's and as i've mentioned like the darren does a lot of neat stuff when he does these podcasts he brings in interesting tidbits uh talks about like what was going on there and stuff like that so there's really informative and fun to listen to nice kendall how about you uh, you can find everything I do at KendallCast.Ninja as long as I am not lazy and actually post things. Um, but uh, the other podcasts I do, uh, Technodrome Tales is uh, an episode-by-episode rewatch of the 1987 uh, Ninja Turtles show. Uh, we just uh, did an episode the- this week. And uh, also, uh, I've got the Pull List podcast. Uh, which is a comic book podcast and uh, the Katarn Collection, which is my game by game review of uh, of Star Wars video games. And again, those are all at KendallCast.Ninja. Nice. I do want to point out that uh, I was actually I actually just guessed it on the Second of Tales, and Brad mentioned last night that you are going to go on a hiatus. I guess so like a- it's whatever Brad says. <laughs> Brad said it's good, they're going to be on hiatus till and it'll be back in November. So it's a good chance to, to catch up on Technodrome Tales because there'll be a stopping point, you know, and then when November sh- shows up, you can ke- start it up again and enjoy it along with it. And I think, and Emily has been on roughly, there's been 10 episodes. I think Emily has been on uh, roughly nine and a half of them at this point. <laughs> I've been on three. I've been on yeah. three episodes. <laughs> one, and one was a bonus episode. Look, I'm not And then at... last night, he made that's a joke a about how apparently I've been on. Hit rate. That's pretty good. <laughs> and then last night, Kendall made a joke about how I've been on apparently 40 episodes of Teenagers of Attitude, which is not true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, bad at, I'm bad at math, but I am pretty sure that Emily has been more on more episodes of Technodrome Tales than our host. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, as always, uh, you can find Warren Beast on Facebook, Facebook slash group slash Warren Beast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at War and Beast Podcast. And if you, or just at Warren Beast rather. Uh, and if you're old fashioned and still like using email, you can shoot us an email, warrenbeastpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us and a slew of other podcasts on audioentropy.com, of which we are always thankful to be a part of. And if you check it out, always feel free to check out the video links. Uh, we've got a bunch of videos that are already up. Uh, Joel I'm and in, Julie. I'm in some of them. Yeah, Joel and Julie did a bunch. Uh, we Yeah, they're really cool. We I know that there's other stuff in the making. There's also Pizza Party. Um, while you're also there, if, uh, if you're feeling generous, please feel free to click on the, uh, donate link. It, uh, the money doesn't go to us. It goes to, uh, to help Joel and the fine folks who run the website, keep everything up and running, uh, so that it doesn't have to come out of their pocket. So yeah, it's been another week, another episode down. We are past the halfway point now. Yeah, there's not a lot left in the show. No, we, we've literally got six episodes left in the entire series. And then we're just burning the podcast down. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. There are plans, so don't worry. So, yeah. yeah, there's a few ways you could get, you guys could go after this. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's been another week. So for War and Beast, I have been Greg. I've been Emily. I've been Jordan. I've been Kendall. I'm pretty sure I'm Joel. I'd hope so. Maybe check your tag in your underwear, see if your name's in there or something. Uh, <laughs> my name is apparently Haynes. Nice <laughs> <laughs> to meet you, Haynes. <laughs> there you go, folks. It's been a week. Let's roll. So I didn't even realize Transformers could have underboob. <laughs> <laughs>